Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing chapter 30 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, The Pensieve. First we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Submit to Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. You can check out blackgirlscreate.org for the guidelines and awesome stories. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Please consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording Wizard Team episodes, and Patroni have access to those videos. And if you want to donate but can't do a monthly donation, you can send us a cheering charm by doing by donating to our PayPal. You can find the links to donate at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. And we have Wizard Team merch, so head over to our website and set up Step up your nerd fashion and stationary game. Just get, Step it, it, get up, it tight. Y'all. Step As it up, As Bayana would say, try to compete, <laughs> which is still rude. Um, but specifically my, my, my sticker game. Like, fashion, that's eh, debatable. Stickers, though? I guess I would say you can try to compete though. with my stationary game, because my stationary game is on point. It's on point. Yeah. Uh, also, if you want to support us, but you don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do and you want to support us in other ways, you can rate and review us on iTunes. The higher ratings and re- and the more reviews we get, the higher we rank when people are looking for new podcasts. I believe you can also do that on Google Play and wherever your podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. But iTunes is the number one place that we want to get. We want to be featured, y'all. We want to be like on that front page. Do that for us. Also fill out our audience survey. We, every year, I guess, we um, put out the survey just to kind of get an idea of, like, our audience and ways that we can improve um, our site. And so we need your help and we need your responses. So if you could fill that out, it's like, it'll, it won't take, it'll take like two minutes. It's really quick. And I tweet it out every day, pretty much. So you'll find the link and just like, click some, click some bubbles couple check marks you know tell us pull tell a us feedback you up are and what you like you know we found out that a hundred percent of our audience loves to read books who have thunk a hundred percent of y'all <laughs> all of y'all all of y'all are literate and you know what that means it means that you are more qualified to be president than the president we have right now also subscribe to our newsletter Every week we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. Shout out to our bay friend, Deborah, who has been curating the newsletter. If you would like to curate in a newsletter, you can reach out to us at weblackandnerds at gmail.com and just in the subject line say newsletter curation and we will work it out. And now for Wizard Team News. Boop, 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 do, 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 do. Someone stole a postcard so, with the HP prequel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. You're good. Someone stole a postcard with the HP prequel uh, on it, and it's the James and Sirius story, because I read that, and I was like, oh, thank God. I don't. We don't need a prequel. <laughs> Please don't. But it's the old one, which is in, like, really trash, because that is what she... Uh, she released that for Red Nose Day, or one of the, like, children... Like, it was for charity, and someone stole it. So, 
goodness gracious. It's rude. So rude. It's super rude. Mostly because it's like it's for charities. You just took okay. Right. Y'all got it. That's it. Y'all like y'all. Literally, is like taking money from the collection plate at church. Like that's kind of that karma of stealing something that was for charity is just on a whole other level that I don't even want to think about. And good luck to you, <laughs> beef. The HPA, which is an awesome organization that we love here at Wizard Team, and also I'm a part of. I just got off of a volunteer call about it. Um, they have a ton of open volunteer positions. Become a wizard activist by going to the hpalliance.org and look and see if there's anything that suits your fancy. The whole point of the HP Alliance is to like get you to engage in real-world activism through the power of story. Um, so it's not just Harry Potter, even though that's where it started. They have fandom forward kits about Nar- or not Naruto, um, the other one, Avatar. Power Rangers, I think, you might be one. one. I, I know they have a Hunger Games one. So it's a really great organization. They do really great things. Um, check out their open volunteer positions at the HPA Alliance, or the HPAlliance.org. Also, if y'all didn't know or haven't seen on Twitter, we're doing um, a Game of Thrones rewatch. Um, so we're watching one episode a day, just kind of like to prep for season seven. It's so bleak. Um, this Friday, we're... <laughs> This Friday, we are starting season three. So if you haven't, like, joined us so far, but, like, are waiting for, you know, a certain season to jump jump in, like, this is this is season three. Ugh. We're starting on Friday. And, yeah, you can join us. We are, we do it at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah. 5 p.m. Pacific time. You can do your own math. Because we are West Coast. No, Central. we are West Coast supremacists over we here, are, Robin. We are West Coast They can do their own math. Here. Do your own math. They can do their own math. 5 p.m. That's Pacific time is when we're watching it. It's an hour. Use the use the hashtag MBGMD, which stands for More Black Girls, More Dragons, because that's what we stand for here at Black Girls Create. <laughs> Wait, that's what we all stand for. We all stand for More Black Girls, yes, More Dragons. Yes, we all I stand, stand for, for that. More Black Girls for sure. I stand for no, more we black stand girls for both for sure. No, it's okay. it's actually in our mission statement. Remember when we revised it? it? We spent all that time. We haven't put it up yet. Mm-hmm. It is. You missed that part, right? More dragons. Yeah, more black girls and more dragons. It's all Diana, in there. You live in a wooden yeah. house. We can ask Candace. I don't actually. Good try. Um, we ask Candace. She knows. She was there. Um, so yeah, join our join our live tweet. It's fun. Um, we talk is shit and also like commiserate together. And I think it's fun. What is happening? I think it's fun. I think that, like, it's a, it's a time of, like, support for each other, but also we get to talk shit about people, like Theon. Fuck him. He's, like, why Everyone's is he there? on that show like, save five or six people in a cast of 30. So 25 of the cast members are trash. Not the cast members, sorry, the characters. I'm sure the actors are perfectly nice people. Actually, I'm not sure. Because there's something dark in you that you can tap into if you can make those characters so bleak. They're all trash. Every single one of them. It is so bleak. It is so depressing. Like, what? Casterly Rock? I don't ever want it. What? That's just how y'all live? And you ain't moved? Hell no. I'd have packed up and been gone. Woman talking about yesterday... It was my husband. The day before, it was my mother. Now that's my son. 
just getting tortured and killed. Hopefully tomorrow it'll be me because I'm tired of this. So you know we want people to, you know we want people to join us, right, in the live tweet? I mean, okay, but save yourself. I just don't. Anyway, don't listen to Robin because she doesn't even join us most of the time. It's too bleak. Um, despite, despite our mission There's statement. There's not enough um, Patronus fuel in my store. <laughs> I need more Patronus fuel. Once shield's day. over, then she'll be okay. Whew. Like I said, um, also, we have a new... Yeah, well, you do this part. Okay, yeah, so we also have a new podcast. Listen to Who Watch. If you're into Doctor Who, we are um, doing reviews of the newest season with our co-host, Connie, Cousin Connie. Um, and so, okay. yeah, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Same places you get Wizard Teen. You can also get Who Watch. Um, and you can use the hashtag TARBIS with a B, not a D. Stands for Time and Relative Blackness in Space. Um, you can use that hashtag to uh, tweet us your thoughts and other Doctor Who related ideas. And like I said on, this, on today's or Monday's episode of Who Watch, um, I just need like Game of Thrones. Even though this is old, so this is we're doing it to ourselves. Like we, they didn't. I don't know why we, Bayana and Amani and Deborah decided that we were going to do this to ourselves again. We can't change it. It already happened. But they need to talk to S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D. needs to talk to Doctor Who. It's all bleak. It's just all... Can someone send me, like, flowers? And Or someone actually did send me flowers today. Shout out to my friend. Uh, but, I mean, you know, pix- pixie dust, fairy dust, cheering charm, like actual cheering charm, Felix Felices. I think that's the only way I'm going to get through more black girls, more dragons. Um, you know something that will cheer you up? Okay. It's our birthday. Woo! Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday. We were two cousins. Two cousins nerding out together. Then we decided to join and forces and make a blog and a podcast. And we've been doing it for two years. For two years, we've been talking about nerd shit with our nerd friends. Uh oh. You the best part about me. that is that no me. one saw us dancing, it's but it's hard okay. To climb down, I know. Once I know it started. is. It's hard to just stop. Um. Wait, what's black? But oh. but yeah. Oh, but yeah, it's our um, it's our two year birthday anniversary type thing. Um, two years of Black Girls Create. Today, actually, like like Wednesday, Wizard Team Wednesday, which makes it even better. I know it's Wizard Team Wednesday. We turn two. I'm really excited for when we turn. Never mind. Um, I was just like, when we turn nine and three quarters, when we turn 11 and we get our Hogwarts letter, but that's like so far and it all in the future. And I may not be alive because of all of the Patronus fuel that has been depleted by more black girls, more dragons. So. Okay. Don't blame <laughs> our mission statement. On, there uh, are other things. <laughs> Portia said, will this song be repeated each anniversary or is it Robin's Wizard Team Sorting Hat? It's definitely the Sorting Hat. I don't know what I said. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say it again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should have made it a trap song. Okay, let's do it again. Happy birthday. Skirt, skirt. 
Mama. No, it doesn't work because yeah. it's you gotta listen to more trap music first. Okay, you, you gotta, gotta get, get the, the it's like a it. it's a rhythm. I tried to tell. It I is, told you to listen to culture. It is our birthday right now. It is our birthday today. Culture coming Whoop. soon. I I I couldn't after he kept like DJ Khaled kept saying coming soon, and I was like, but I'm listening to the album, so isn't it here? I don't know. Culture coming soon. But this is the first song on the album that I'm listening to. And, and the rest is coming, coming soon. You mean coming like... In two minutes. In a second after this song is over? In two minutes, yes. Soon come. <laughs> you look up, there's the rest of the album. So You're confusing. like, okay, t-shirt. Mama told me. I'm gonna simmon and dinner. I'm gonna simmon and dinner. Simmon and simmon and simmon. Skirt, skirt, my mama's dinner. Dinner, dinner, dinner. I mean, at least you got the rhythm down in this one, but now I don't know what the words. Okay, okay. So, um, in, uh, to celebrate, let's just bring it back because we still have to get through a chapter. Um, to celebrate, I know, I know. To celebrate our birthday, um, we asked you all to ask us questions and like things, and we're just gonna answer them and probably go on tangents. That was a really bad way to, like, explain what we're about to do. Um, we are doing basically an AMA, but it's not, like, a live one because we put it out on Twitter and our Facebook group and the Slack for people to submit questions that we will now answer in celebration of our turning two. Um, also, we didn't write down who said which question, so if you recognize your question, thank you. Oh, I remember, I oh, think. Okay. I kind of remember some of them, but I don't remember all of them. Let's dive in with question number one. Which special guest would you not like to appear on the show, and would you like to appear on the show? That's from Portia. So I will say that we are probably not going to get Joe on the show. Once she does hear this, we would like her to come, but I just think that it's probably happen. If you would be more positive. Unless okay, I just thought she should know. Even though I was the one that been sure. That Snape was a problem. <laughs> like a second ago. I been sure, and then you just just blasted her on Twitter. But you know what? She got to remember who she was. I mean, it wasn't was. her. It was, it was Snape. I don't think she's going to come. Anyway, <laughs> um, who else would we like to appear? I would like Alfred Enoch to appear. I don't know that. I mean, that was a thing we all knew. We are going to try, though. Again, Um, please donate so that we can get to LeakyCon in Dublin so that uh, Bionic can uh, self... Well, wait. No. I'm going to try not for her to combust. I was going to be like, we don't want her to spontaneously combust. I don't want her to. But we're going to get her to to, be really all... She's going to go full Bionic, which is to either just big eyes... Like, smile of shock, and then maybe say, hi. Hi. And then, like, poke in. Like, look at this happening. And then maybe we'll get an interview out of that. Yeah, I'm going to make you talk to make that work, just so you know. Like, I'm going to be like, hey, Robin, don't you have something you want right. to say to him? Right. <laughs> Which is like... And I'm going to just stand next to her, like... Bayana, who's getting nervous and won't say anything, is going to make Robin, who gets nervous and says... Everything that doesn't make any sense. Yep, that's why we work together. 
And so, you know, if also Dean and Wes and how did that work out with you, sir, Alfred, Mr. Enoch, <laughs> ma'am, sir, person, hi. <laughs> this is why we work together, you guys, because when we both get nervous, at least one of us, like we, it's a, it's a give and take. We compliment each other. To the same emotion. <laughs> to the same, we got the same emotion and different reactions and then boom, Alfred Enoch's on the, on the podcast. I would say that I would like and not like at the same time, I would like someone from MogulNet to come on the podcast to explain themselves, but I would also not like for people from MuggleNet to come on. Not to shade MuggleNet, but to shade MuggleNet. I feel, we have, like, a list of people who we want to, like, it's like a dream list. So, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda's on there. Lin, um, please. I don't know. Yeah. Who else? We got Dana Sorry, Jose Older. Up, so. We did. So, <laughs> working. Um, um, I would say uh, Nettie Okorafor. Uh, Shonda Ryan. I don't, is she a Potterhead? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. but she could still come. You could I mean, I think that, like, Lupita Nyong'o, <laughs> I think, like, we're twins, and we, I want to catch up with my twin and talk about what it was like being separated at birth. Um, right, right. And she's, how she's the build to your be a fashion icon, um, and a world-renowned beauty. I would like to, mm-hmm. you know, just commiserate with her on that. Beyonce, aka Hedwig. Okay, yeah. So that's the other thing, right? So, like, we have most of our, the people who we want to appear on the show are people who are, like, somehow, like, it has to all come back to Harry Potter. Like, once we get, if we ever move on to stuff that's, like, less specific, then there are plenty of other people we would like to interview and talk to. Um, But for Wizard Team, a lot of the people are, like, either actors or, um, like, had some kind of part in... Yeah. Nina Lima. Um, oh Nina my Lima. god. Mm-hmm. We want to talk to them so mm-hmm. bad. Um, yeah. The set designers for even Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh hell yeah. I would love to be like so what's going on with, with how the did, How were you potion? able to take that crap script and make and make all that awesomeness? <laughs> you magical. Magic. <laughs> um, so yeah. So a lot of it is like would have to be kind of like connected to that. Um, and then I also think like sometimes stuff just kind of comes up and we're just like, oh, it would be a good person to talk to about this thing about Harry Potter. And it's fun. Um, I know we want to have like folks from the HPA on here at some point. Jackson. Um, yeah. Janae. Okay. Let's, let's go Katie. to the next question. Okay. Next question. Um, what are some of the lessons you've learned about the fandom or podcasting in general since Wither Team began? Well, we learned how to podcast. That's so that was a thing. Yeah. I learned that podcasting was a lot easier um, than you would think. And, like, the barrier to entry is a lot smaller. I also learned, I think this is kind of, it goes hand in hand, that what, that just, and shout out to Eliana who, like, said this very eloquently, is, like, just doing the thing, right? It's, like, something that I've always mm-hmm. wanted to do is be more involved in the fandom and have a Harry Potter podcast since I've heard my first Harry Potter podcast and I wanted, I thought like I have things to say that are just as nuanced and smart and need to be said and I felt like a lot of the stuff that I was listening to didn't hit on what I thought was really important in these books and so in doing it I felt 
vindicated about my voice and my opinions. And um, I also feel much more, like I've always been insane and without chill, but I feel much more open about it now. I don't feel as ashamed. Like before it was just something that I did with Bion, like it was me and Bionna, so I didn't care that I didn't have any chill. And then, and I feel like if you, even in the beginning, I think like the first or second episode, I said penis. And I was so embarrassed afterwards because I forgot that it was a podcast. I, I like, I did a Yama Van Zant penis. And then I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I just did that. And ev- like, people are going to hear that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, ah, well, you know, I ain't got no chill. Y'all know that. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think especially, like, about the fandom, too. Um, I mean, and we've talked about, like, not really being a part of the fandom at all, but I also think that, like, with this, I kind of have realized how many people, like... It's been kind of weird how many people really, like, care about what we have to say and actually think that it's worthwhile. Um, and then the fact that there are people who, like, feel as if we're hitting on like a part of their experience or like saying something that really connects to them um I yeah I think that's really dope and also interesting because then it's like you're connecting to people that like I definitely would not have on like a like if you just see me on the street like I you wouldn't know that like I have all of this stuff in my head and like things to say especially about Harry Potter yeah so it's like that making but not really but yes but not really. <laughs> it's, someone someone had tweeted this thing, and I feel the same about Wizard Team as I do about this, which was that Twitter allows you to be social and antisocial at the same time. And I feel the same way about Wizard Team. Like, y'all allow me to, like, have friends but still not leave my house, mm-hmm. which is just, like, a gorgeous, perfect. beautiful, like. perfect spot to be in. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while when I'm like, oh, I'd like to leave my house, we can like meet up and talk and go like go to dinner or whatever. And then like I don't feel awkward the way I would feel meeting other strangers because as my dad says, I'm hanging out with my internet friends. And my dad says <laughs> very skeptically because he thinks there's something weird going on. I like my internet friends. Same. Next question. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How did your relationship with HP and fandom in general change? How has it changed? I think about Harry Potter differently, which I knew was going to happen. Like when we decided that we were doing this, Um, I hadn't read the books in like four years, which was actually the longest stretch of time that I hadn't read the books in. Like I used to read them at least once a year. And I like knew that like reading it this time as an adult and like with all the things that I've learned and like experienced that I would be coming at it in a different like way um than I did when I was reading it growing up and especially because I did read them so like frequently like sometimes it's hard for your brain to kind of come out of the thinking that you originally had if you're like always consuming this one you know what I mean like it's harder to kind of see how your thinking evolves within it um it's so this time I think recognize that Restoros is bleak as fuck because you're so enthralled with dragons. I know it's bleak, but there's also dragons. 
Dragons do not. I can I can hold both thoughts into my in my head at the same time. Um, also, I did not read those books when I was six years old, so you know, there's that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I think that that's been a thing. I think with fandom, it's definitely changed because again, I read these on my own and I was by myself, and that was what I did. And you know, I'm still by myself, but I got my Potter friends, so sometimes I can like come out of my shell for like two seconds on my phone and be like this Harry Potter thing, and then I can retreat. And so, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. I would also say that it, in terms of the general fandom, it really helped me gain ownership and feel like I belong here because I belong here because I'm a Potterhead. And I think I said this before, but I had a lot of preconceived notions about the general fandom from being on the outskirt. And it really helped to break down, like, I was able to recognize where I was wrong and where I was being judgmental, I guess, or I don't know if judgmental is the right word, but, like, I was being presumptuous. And then where I was actually right, but you know what? I'm here now, so I'm going to change some ish. You know, like, I see these things, and I feel empowered. I feel more empowered. I I guess it's the same thing. Like, I feel more empowered with my voice than before. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Where do you see Wizard Team and Black Oath Crate in five years? That's a good question. We have ideas. None of them are fully formed, yes, and they are always changing. And we need money to do those things. Yeah, we need money to do those things. And so, like, it's it's one of those things where we kind of have to like temper our like desire to do like all the stuff with reality, and it like it's kind of difficult. But um, I think for sure one of the things that we see is that, like, with Black Girls Create, like, that's, like, a brand that we really plan on expanding. Um, and, like, eventually, maybe it'll be five years. We don't know. But, like, eventually being, like, the thing that we do instead of, like, one of the things that we do. <laughs> and, I mean, Wizard Team will be done with the books in, like, two years. So, I mean, who knows what it'll really look like after that. We do have ideas, but then, like, who knows about, like, frequency of when we'll be putting out episodes and, like, how things will change once we're no longer reading the books. Um, But, I mean, I definitely see them being around in five years. Yeah. I think Wizard Team, I think of Wizard Team as way more than just this podcast as well. I think of it as a team, you know? Like, we have, we we're all in this. We're all in this together. Okay, you can't sing that song if you haven't seen the movie, so. Why? I love that because, song. Because, um, yeah, you should watch the movie. I think of I think of where we're going in five years. I would love to get someone um, to join us who likes business and money and understands business and money and can help us um, get to where we need to get to, um, but can do that while knowing they making any money until we <laughs> mm-hmm. figure it out. I see, I, I just see that we continue to grow um, and do more great, awesome things together. And I hope that, I, I already feel like it's not just me and Bayana anymore, which I think is amazing. I mean, we are kind of the, the epicenter, I guess, or it's on us to get to do certain things, but like, I, I just see in five years it being even bigger and better, and hopefully we're able to not, yeah, hopefully it's the thing that we do, and not one of the things that we do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the next question is, how would you say Black Girls Create and Wizard Team have helped you break out of your shell slash worked through introversion and meeting new people? Um, and then do you have recommendations for other shy people or introverts for getting out and meeting new people or trying new things? Um, and this is from Haley. This is a difficult question, I think. Um, at least for me. Because I would say that, like, one of the things about this podcast, um, and I may have said this before, like, super long ago, but one of the things about this podcast is, like, it's literally just me talking to Robin. And Robin is someone I'm super comfortable with, and I'm one of those people who's, like, if I'm talking to someone who I'm comfortable with, then, like, my shyness and, like, my social anxiety is kind of, like, just, it. I'm not, like, afraid of being judged or whatever it is that, like, I have, because I usually have, like, a block, especially with meeting new people um, or being in situations that I'm not comfortable in where, like, I can't, like, my brain freezes and I'm like, well, I don't know what to say or, like, I don't know how to even insert myself into the situation, you know what I mean? Like, so it's all that other stuff going on in my head. I'm talking to Robin, so, like, I've known her since I was, like, a baby and we've grown, like, we talk about Harry Potter, that's a thing that I love. So it's, like, not even a thought and then the fact that people are listening is just a thing on the side it's just yep, a thing that forget about it until yeah wednesday until wednesdays or quoting you and you're like oh oh you're like oh shit i did say that thing right like it's so it's a, it's a really weird like podcasting is a weird thing where it's like it seems like like people are getting me at my most comfortable and then when you meet me it's not this i mean i don't know if christella's listening or whatever but like we went to disneyland um and like we were in LA for my birthday and Christelle who was also a listener was there and um was excited to meet me and I like was like oh hi like you know like nervous or whatever and she's amazing and like we had a great time but it's just like it's not the same and I mean I had Robin and Connie so that like made it a little bit um less like awkward like me for me being awkward I mean um but yeah, I mean, it, it's like one of those things where like, I feel like for me, I'm, con- I, I think with me being an introvert, I've accepted that and that's what it is. And I just tell people straight up, like I'm an introvert. So I have certain things for my job what that requires me to be around a lot of people for like a long period of time. And then I'm like, cool, I'm about to be in this corner <laughs> or like, I'll like not leave my house on weekends sometimes because I've just been like overloaded by like people you know what I mean like my energy is depleted like shyness is a thing that I always have to work on um and I find that um I don't know there were moments where I was always where I was like ashamed of being shy and then there were there was a moment where then I was like oh where I like conflated my shyness and introversion because I was like oh I don't want to be shy like it's cool I'm not that anymore and then I got into a situation where that I like I hadn't been in a situation where I was uncomfortable in a long time and then I got into one and I was like oh no this shit didn't go away like you thought Bayana ha ha jokes on you um so I think it's just a thing that like I always work on and I think one of my things like for people who are shy and like meeting new thing, meeting new people and trying new things, like, like kind of pace yourself. Like I'll give myself one big thing a year. Last year it was moving. <laughs> I moved like across the country and I was by myself and I was like, cool, that's the really big thing I'm going to do. Um, that's like going to get me out of my comfort zone. I don't really know what the one this year is yet. Um, but sometimes it just presents itself and it's like, that's what you have to do. You know what I mean? I totally agree. I would say, because I think 
I like what you said too about like shyness because I feel like I'm not shy, but I am definitely an introvert. And so I had a similar thing where I went to New York and um, by that point, Connie was already cousin, but we, I went to dinner with Connie and Portia and Deborah, and I literally felt like, I mean, at one point, our, my, our friend Cynthia too, I don't know, she doesn't listen to the podcast, but she's amazing. Um, <laughs> so you should all like follow at Symphonite because she is light and love and amazingness. But at one point, like she was petting me at the table and it was just a really weird experience. But I was just like, well, this is my life and I'm just going to roll with that. And um, I have freakishly soft skin apparently. And like (laughs) Deborah, who I've met for five minutes is asking me about Brandon by name because I talk about Brandon by name and you know, like it, it is like you said, like it's something that you just have to, I I think I have just been like, okay, well this is happening (laughs) and I'm going to roll through the punches, but then I go home and I sleep and I, and that's okay. And like knowing Mm -hmm. that, like you said, like giving yourself that, that permission to be like, yeah, I I can, I'm going to do this thing, but then I'm going to, curl into a ball and that is also okay yeah I mean when I when I agree to like go hang out with friends in my head I'm like cool I'm doing this but like nobody's gonna see me for two days after that and that's what it is right I mean I still to this point am like people are like oh we haven't hung out in months and I'm like really we just hung out yesterday (laughs) I haven't seen my best friend in like well I mean timey-wimey I was about to say, I haven't seen my best friend in months, but, like, we don't live in the same place anymore. But even when we did, like, we wouldn't see each other for super long. And then we'd see each other and be like, oh, shit, you weren't there when that thing happened? Damn. That's weird. And, like, pick up right where we left off, but forget that we haven't, like, been in each other's lives for, like, the last six months or whatever. Yeah. So I would say, too, um, in terms of, like, advice for people, if I would have... So I really love cons and, like... Comic-Con was my first convention, which is insane, but it's also my hometown convention. So if I would have not decided, like if Leviosa Con wouldn't have fallen on my birthday, I probably wouldn't have applied to speak. But I decided like it was something that I, I'd wanted to do. And I was like, it'll blow up in my face and it'll be terrible. And I may or may not throw up in public. But one, not the first time that's happened, unfortunately. And two, I'm gonna try it. And so I think... Like, Bayana said, doing that, like, one really scary thing and just being honest with yourself and being like, what's the worst that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is it goes terribly and then you go sit in your room and go back into introversion (laughs) and try again at a later date. Um, Yeah, that's my advice. So there's a, a very important question in the chat room, which I'm not sure works but Imani asked can either of you convince me Catelyn Stark is not on Petunia from Dudley's perspective and not Harry's and one yes Matthew Catelyn Stark is played by Hermione's mom in the Deathly Hallows which is like Britain only has five actors two Diana I mean I think in relation to John, yes. I don't know that she... Do- nobody really... Other than Lysa, like, nobody no, really Dudley's, dotes on there. From Dudley's perspective, not from Harry's perspective. So Dudley likes his mom. 
Oh. Well, well, I would say no, because I don't really think she dotes on, like, her kids in the way that Petunia dotes on Dudley. Like, I would say Lysa is an opportunity to her kid, like, Catelyn's sister. Yes. Bro. But, like, I would say that from Harry's perspective, like, yeah, she's an opportunity to John. But, yeah. Um, again, we're talking about my skin on in the chat now, which I'm, I'm just confused about. Okay, so um, so the last question is kind of like some parts, and it's from at Redfish, I think, on Twitter. Um, so we I mentioned in like our thing, like, oh, you can ask us questions about this thing, and so um, they latched on to Roberto, who was Aminata's old imaginary friend. She has this not- thing. She has this thing where it's like, like not for really. Someone that's so creative. Can- it's She's not really creative. Bad at imaginary friends. She's really bad at imaginary friends, and it makes me mad. Like I'm kind of like upset about. It. Granted, I don't want to like fully like. No, no, I'm gonna judge her because I was like my imaginary friend was based off of a television character, but I changed her name and came up with my own backstory for her. So you know, <laughs> there we go. Uh, my sister, pretty much. I don't know if y'all have seen Rio or if you have like, you know, um, she got this one from Rio too. Not even the original one. Um, there was one of the birds' names was Roberto, and I think he was played by Bruno Mars or something. Um, and she latched on to, she latched on to Roberto, and so for, like, a good year, because it was before I, like, moved to Chicago, um, for a good year, she was like, come on, Roberto! Oh, Roberto did, like, she would, act, you know when, like, kids Roberto accidentally talk back to their parents? And their parents were like, and, like, so she would accidentally talk back to my mom, my mom would be like, what? And she, she'd be like, what'd you say? She's like... I didn't say that. Roberto said that. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, she would just really be, like, bullying this imaginary friend. Roberto was a jerk. And then that was blue, yeah. right? Or Yeah. Yeah, but then... And then she started, like, adding other Brio characters and being like, oh, now there's Blue and Juju. And I was like, girl, if you don't stop getting followed around, why are there all these birds in our house? What's wrong with I mean, you? you couldn't sit. Roberto's there. Okay. I, okay, he, he has moved. to move. Right. I was at, we at the playground. Can you push Roberto? No. No. No, because birds don't swing. They fly with the alert. Mm-hmm. That was a low point in my um, life. I think I sent a picture to you guys because I was like, it's pushing Aminata and Roberto on the swing. <laughs> that's because you actually, that's because you don't know how to say no to her. Really yeah, I'll push Roberto, I guess. So I'll be sitting there like, girl, that is an empty swing. You can have an imaginary friend, but I'm not about to be pushing no empty swing. I'm sorry. It's not happening. Um, but then, plot twist. Um, so our house got broken into. And shout out to Ikira for being a G and uh, getting old boy out there, out of there. But what, what happened is that Aminata came home and was like, what happened to the door? Because like the door, it was like a sliding glass door and they got broken. So they were like, they didn't want to tell her that somebody had broken in. So my mom told her that Roberto broke it. And then Roberto got dropped, um, and we never heard from him ever again. <laughs> so but now we got was, Moana and Maui. Yeah, they, which you know you can guess where they came from, and that was like months <laughs> after, and that was months after the break-in too. So like she didn't have an imaginary friend for a little bit. Oh, so. she's so she's so brilliant and so creative, and yet she can't imagine an imaginary friend that is not no. a cartoon character. It's unfortunate. Portia asked a really good follow-up. So if um, Aminata had a podcast, it would be about imaginary friends. And I, I would think it would just no, be about think, Disney characters and, yeah. <laughs> and like the cartoons that she watches. Because, oh my God, be every time I called her and Puss in Boots, because that was the thing she was watching before I Fiddle went home sticks. last time. And I, she was literally like, 
I like I, I called my mom and so I talked to her and then Ami wanted to talk. She was like, on this show, Puss in Boots, Guillermo did this. I was like, I don't know who none of these characters are. Like, what are you talking about? And then I got home and she was watching Garfield. Like, that's the other thing that she gets really fixated on, like, shows. So when she's watching one show, she's like, that's all she's doing. That's all she talks about. That's all she wants to watch. That's it. Period. And she don't give you and no like, context because everybody else no. is watching. Obvi- like, if she's into it, obviously you're into it. She'll oh, ask she'll you questions. You. Why did Garfield do this thing? Yeah. I don't know, girl. I didn't see the episode, so I wouldn't be able to tell you why Garfield. Why don't you know? Slapped Odie. I don't know. I'm not watching Garfield. Yeah. Anyway, we love her. She's a problem. Like someone yeah. else we know. So someone. She's my favorite. Is this the same? Yeah. Question? Can your fab moms and Gmas and grandma speak? Maybe just a recording of them so Imani can still curse. I. I'm so down with this. I want to, like, interview our family and make a bonus episode out of it because we have, on the one hand, Bayana's family who are muggles but nerdy and lovable. They're still nerdy in their own special way. (laughs) And then on the other hand, we have my family, just straight muggle, straight muggle. I'm very confused about everything. My brother... Watch Star Trek for the first time. Or it's not Star Trek, sorry. Star Wars. I told you guys this, right? He started with episode one. Jar Jar Binks. He played and himself. And then he was like, it's not that good. I don't understand the hype. And I was like, boys, you don't get out. And then he was like, how come you didn't tell me that Donald Glover was in Star Wars? I was like, because you don't watch it. And I'm not going to waste my breath. No, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, I I would say that that is a good goal to have. My mom is not really one to be on stuff like this. She's My grandmother like- doesn't, still doesn't understand what podcasts are. Um, so, I mean, she'd probably be down, though. Yeah, I was gonna say, my, my grandma would be down. My mom, we'd have to kind of, like, talk her into yeah. it, though. Because she's like, yeah. But she does think our Twitter friends are so cute. She does. She, does she likes her Twitter friends very much. Specifically Imani because of the um, Skyler <laughs> and, Sisters um, Photoshop. And the Photoshop yeah. So, yeah. Um, my mom still doesn't even understand the newsletter. She's like, so I open it, and then what do I do? <laughs> Click on the still? Link, mother. I don't even think she... She's like, I just open it. I, op- I You send it, and I open it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. congratulations. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, but I'm so proud. <laughs> Did you you even try, Mom? But I did take my mom to Comic-Con, and to see her lusting over the cosplayer with no shirts on was amazing. And I can find this picture of her uh, cheesing in between two gladiators, shirtless gladiators, (laughs) trying to find it, because it is amazing. Um, So she supports me in her own special... I mean, my mom is one of our Patronuses, actually, and yeah. she, um, she got her own Wizard Team mug. Yeah, she did it herself. She did it herself. She didn't even tell no. us, fam. We she were like, and this is like early Patronus. She didn't even know, like, I'm really trying to figure, I still want to know, like, how she did this, because it wasn't a thing I told her. Like, I didn't even tell her we'd She's open a Patreon I didn't, we didn't tell her anything. We had just, we, it was like really early on too. And then all of a sudden we were like, we have this patron and that's weird. And then we look and it's her. And she was like, oh, I forgot. I didn't tell you that. And we're like, yeah. Do you want something? You want 
I'm like, do we? So she has a mug. She has a wizard team mug because she likes those. Um, but yeah, it it was a, With a red squiggly line because they printed the line. Bothers me. Because <laughs> yeah. team, there's no space in in it, and yeah, I would love to. Yeah, our families are. I think everyone's families are super interesting. I just think that probably because you guys listen to us banter back and forth, and we talk about our families. Um, My brother would be funny on here, but only if he's like, he'd either be great or he wouldn't be. It depends. He would not be on purpose. Yeah. Or he would be on purpose. He'd be just super extra. Like, my brother is, I mean, y'all have heard my sister on here. Nah. Yeah. He's a different kind of. He's a toddler, like that three-year-old where you're like, do this, and they go, no. Like, he never left that face. Like, except, he get older except he's 21. And like, it's... And he got older and smarter and, like, you should have seen he's such a cute little chubby baby. Now he's this, like, tall, handsome man. But he never, ever passed that no face. He also told me that we were never, that we're immortal because we were uh, C-section babies. Yeah. We're immortal because we were never born. He had this thing at Thanksgiving, he's like... Smith. He's Jaden yeah. Smith. <laughs> yeah he had this thing like maybe five years ago at thanksgiving five years i think i was in high school and he was on this whole kick about like how when he grew up he and he was like 14 how he grew up and he was i don't know yeah 14 15 something like that he was like i'm gonna have these wolves and i'm gonna just be rolling around with some wolves and this is like pre-game of thrones too so we're all just like dude, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, I'm about to just be up in the mountains and it's just going to be me and some wolves and we're just about to be rolling. And and we're just all like, and then my grandparents walk in and we're like, do you want to hear what your grandson is talking about? Because I don't know how to react to this. And he's like, all right, so this is what's going to happen. It's just going to be me and some wolves. And I was just like, I am, I'm just, I'm perplexed. I don't, I don't know. That reminds um, me of a great story of Brandon. Um, and then let's get into the chapter. Yeah. But I mean, Brandon- I will say real quick before you get into Brandon, like my brother, I will one shout out because if you have been listening to Tarbis, he made our theme song. It's um, fire. He's like, it's so good. And he's like really, and he's like really serious about like making his music and his art and all that kind of stuff. So he actually, he's, he's a mess and he's weird, but he does like. He's talented. He's very talented. And he's the one person because like my brother and I are a little under two years apart. So we've literally, up until he went to college, like, we did almost everything together. Um, people usually think we're twins because he's, like, this huge man with, like, a beard. Um, and, like, yeah. So he's, he's like, he's one of my, like, closest friends, but also he's a hot-ass mess. Um, <laughs> he's, and... he's both of those things at the same time, which is hilarious because that is Brandon. <laughs> one of my closest friends and a hot-ass mess. So, I think this is the same Comic-Con, because I took my mom and my brother to Comic-Con, and then Brandon didn't come back until, like, years later for my birthday, and he, like, he just does outside the con stuff, Um, but he decided that, like, girls get engagement rings, right, and guys don't get nothing, or anything, sorry, I'm turning into him, and so his (laughs) plan was, I want an engagement sword. Cause it's gotta be manly, what? but it's also gotta be it's also gotta be decorative. What? And so 
we should have engagement sores. Hmm. And they should, like, because, you know, you got to make the hole, and there's, like, uh, like different designs on it, and rubies, and whatever, so it's expensive, but hmm. it's also, like, I'm a, like, I'm a dude. And so he... And I might do this if he ever gets engaged or married. I might get him a sword. So he decided that, like, that's how you know that I'm engaged. Because, like, girls have their fi- their ring, and then you're at the bar, and they're all like, oh, I'm engaged. And they show you their ring. And you're just going to be like, I'm anything. engaged right? a sword. And, so I was like, and I was like, so, but Brandon, you think they're going to just let you carry a sword into a bar so that you don't have to explain to a girl that you're engaged? He's like, no, because it's just like it's visible, you know, like a samurai no. sword or a katana that you wear on your back. And then and I was like, what? That sounds so, that sounds exactly like a thing that Obasi would do as well. Like, don't right. tell him that because he'll be like, yo, Brandon, we go get these engagement, engagement swords, swords, yo. That's lit. Engagement swords. Um, so and annoyed. I'm, like, and I'm the nerd. And I'm the nerd. And also, I feel really bad. Because, thank you, Portia, again, a black, a, and my brother is big, he is 6'3", a big 6'3", black man walking around with a sword, no, it's not gonna happen. But he's engaged, also, though. Also, Matthew is, like, an engagement sword, I like this idea, which is just, like, men, <laughs> y'all are just, What? I mean, I think what? a sword would be lit, but, like, <laughs> it's just such a random-ass concept. He wants like, to walk around with it as a visual like, representation so not- of his engagement. And so everyone, so it's, so it's got to be so, like, uh, like, like, it would become, like, the norm. So there would just be thousands of men, men, with engagement swords. Well, that's a terrible <laughs> like idea. A terrible idea. It sounds like the worst idea. <laughs> worst oh my idea god! Anyone has ever come up with. But if you talk to my brother, he's like, "Yeah, I'm the ideas guy." And then like Robert, she just makes it happen. You know, I just say like, "Oh, we should do this thing." Yeah, 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 yeah. We should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. That's yeah. An engagement sword. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Portia, don't let your fiance listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's like added to the registry. <laughs> so let's get into Harry Potter. Matthew was like, he probably already had this idea in the back of. I'm probably. So that was an hour of Wizard Team without Harry Potter. Yeah. That's awesome. That was pretty fun, awesome. actually. Um, also, Matthew was like, is it, does it have to be a sword or could it be a lightsaber? And I want to say that lightsabers were his original idea, but lightsabers don't exist. All right. And that's where we're he went from lightsaber down to engagement sword. Because, you know, it's got to be practical. I mean, if it's a plastic <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, okay. Previously... On Wizard Team. On Wizard Team. Harry met the dream. And then they put down a fire-ass R&B track. (laughs) That's what happened. That nearly headless Nick has still not been accepted into the headless hunt. Let's go. Let's get into chapter 30. You do know I have a sinus infection and why are you trying to kill me? (laughs) 
<laughs> that's what happened. All right. Come on now. You know that's what happened. <laughs> okay. So. If y'all want to double check, you can go to chapter 29 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and read for yourself. But that's what happened. Um, so the door right. of the office opened. Hello, Potter, said Moody. Come in then. Harry walked inside Dumbledore's office. He'd been in there once before. It was a beautiful circular room lined with pictures of previous headmasters and headmistresses of Hogwarts. I would like to know the um, ratio of headmistresses to headmasters. Um, all of whom were fast asleep, their chests rising and falling, except for that one. He pretended he sleep, but he ain't never sleep. No, they all do. I know, but you know the one that he carries around, they carry around in the bag. Phineas, Phineas. Negulus? Yes. Or Nigelius? Yeah. Phineas, whatever? Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like he is probably related to Harry, like, distantly, because not, they both of them came out. No, he's, he's related to Sirius. He's related to Sirius. I know, but I mean, also, further back. I mean, all, all pure bloods are related to each right. other. <laughs> so, um, yes. <laughs> Harry said, uh, Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, uh, how are you? Fine, Harry lied. We were just talking about the night Mr. Crouch turned up on the ground, said Fudge. It was you who found him, was it not? Yes, said Harry. Then feeling it was pointless to pretend that he hadn't overheard what he said, he added, I didn't see Madame Maxine anywhere, though, and she'd have a job hiding, wouldn't she? And then he dropped the mic, turned around, went back to bed. The end. Yeah. He wasn't carrying a mic. I mean, he it was, conjured I'm... up a mic and then dropped it. Then dropped it. It's on page uh, 582. Yep. Um, check it out. Um, yes, well, said Fudge, looking embarrassed. We're about to go for a short walk on the grounds, Harry, if you'll excuse us. Perhaps if you would just go back to your class. I wanted to talk to you, Professor, said Harry quickly, looking at Dumbledore. Um, so Dumbledore tells him to wait here, and then they leave Harry in the office by himself. Bad Hello, idea. Fox, he says. Um, also, sh- it was a bad shout idea. Shout out to Fox the um, goat. Greatest of all time. I just want to... Re- the real hero in the Chamber of Secrets. Came in the clutch, blinded the basilisk, brought Harry the sorting hat, which had held the sword of Godric Gryffindor, probably an engagement sword. That's probably how Godric Gryffindor got that sword. Um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> saved his life. Then, yeah, and then cried tears to save Harry's life. And then carried them all out. Mm-hmm. Because he's able to carry huge loads. Yep. Should have been called um, so Harry sat down in a chair. Fox in the Chamber of Secrets. You right. Fox was pro- shoot. Fox was probably doing his um his own investigation that entire time. We just didn't know. And then he had like a setback because he had to like it was Burning yeah. Day and that was really the thing. He had to like grow back mm-hmm. to it. And then he was like, "Damn, now I gotta let Harry figure it out." But I was there. So close. And then I'm just coming clutch at the end. He was like, "I was uh, mm-hmm. just a week away from um, that battle on my own." Exactly. Um, so Harry sat down in the chair in front of Dumbledore's desk. He felt much calmer somehow now that he was in Dumbledore's office, knowing he would shortly be telling him about the dream. Um, so he's just kind of sitting around, looking around the office, and then he notices a patch of silvery light dancing and shimmering on the glass case. He looked around for the source of the light and saw a sliver of silver white shining brightly from within a black cabinet behind him, whose door had not been closed properly. Harry hesitated, glanced at Fox, then got up, walked across the office, and pulled open the cabinet door. Just so, being nosy, like hesitated, and but like didn't stop, hesitated because he was like, "Should I?" No. And then everyone was like, 
everyone, all the headmasters and headmistresses in the portraits woke up and they're like, no, Harry, you really shouldn't. And he was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway, though. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's just, ooh, shiny. Now I'm going to go look. Now I'm intrigued and I can't look away. Oh, Dude, you're in someone else's office. And like, yeah. And then I mean, like, the other thing is, like, we can't really be surprised when he was in Filch's office and read his mail. Right. Um, so. Read his mail. That was a thing a that he did. Offense. He literally read his mail. So there was a shallow stone basin lying there with odd carvings around the edge, runes and symbols that Harry did not recognize. The silvery light was coming from within the basin's contents, which were nothing Harry had seen before. He could not tell whether the substance was liquid, liquid or gas. It was a bright whitish silver, and it was moving ceaselessly. The surface of it became ruffled like water beneath wind, and then like clouds separated and swirled smoothly. Um, he wanted to touch it and find out what it felt like, but nearly four years of magical experience um, told him that sticking his hand in a bowlful of something, if some unknown substance was very, was a very stupid thing to do. Which is like, you could also just turn and walk and sit down in your seat and like stay out of Dumbledore's business. Like, sure, yeah, practically. Good job, Harry. You learned a thing, but... Did he not bring his bag? He, he, did he not bring his bag? Could he not be, like, doing homework or reading something? There's a bunch of books there. Like, yeah. productive. I mean, it's consistent for sure, but damn. He therefore pulled out his wand um, and prodded the contents of the basin with it. Um, the surface of the silvery stuff began to swirl very fast. Harry bent closer, his head right inside the cabinet. Like, at this point, <laughs> you this know you're wrong. Thing, like, 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 this, so I get, like... He, um, didn't want to touch it because he knew. Four years of experience in the magical world knew that that wasn't a very smart thing to do. Didn't stop him! He probably didn't it. And it didn't stop him from putting his face in the damn cabinet. Like, can we... And, like... So we, you asked a question on, on our Facebook group, like, if you had seen this glowing light in a cabinet of, like, your headmaster's office, would you go check it out? And I think someone, and I don't have it up right now, so I can't remember who, um, was saying, like, I'd go check and then, you know, log it for later and then go back to my seat. Which is like, sure, people get distracted and intrigued by, like, shiny things or, like, things out of the ordinary all the time, but... You don't go sticking your face in it. Right, and the thing, too, is that she was, um, it was our newest member whose name escapes me, but I'm going to try to pull it up real quick and be very slick with it so y'all don't realize that I am wasting time trying to find out the name of this person, um, but it's not working. <laughs> so you just told us about what you're doing. Okay, but she so. also was like, uh, and, and Amani also was like, mind my damn business. But it's like, you could just ask him later. You, like, Laura, Laura Mack. Hey, Professor, what's right. that? Um, you look at it, and then you log it, and then you go, when he come back, because he said he'd be right back, I could just be like, hey, what's that thing? That's, what's that glowy thing? I, I'm interested mm-hmm. in magic and new magical things that I haven't heard about before. What is that? And Dumbledore would be like, ah, Harry, yes, this is the Pensieve. Like, he does it anyway, but, like, that time you're caught. So, whatever. So, yeah, so the silvery substance had become transparent um, and looked like glass. He looked down on it, expecting to see the stone bottom of of the basin, and instead saw an enormous room below the surface of the mysterious substance. Um, It was dimly lit. He thought he might... 
It might be even underground, for there were no windows, merely torches in brackets, such as ones that illuminated the halls of Hogwarts, lowering his face so that his nose was a mere inch away from the glassy substance. He saw rows and rows of witches and wizards um, seated around every wall on what seemed to be benches rising in levels. There was an empty chair in the center of the room, and there were chains that encircled the arms of the chair as though its occupants were usually tied to it. Can I? What was this place? It surely wasn't in Hogwarts. Uh I just want to stop and say, as a person that wears glasses majority of the time, when you're putting your face down, they they will fall off. So at the inch away, he was already you in danger, girl. It's like that Oprah Winfrey, or that, not Oprah Winfrey, Jesus, that Whoopi Goldberg gives. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to go, I'm going to just sit here and be quiet now. I'm just. Just take a moment. A moment. Okay, cool. I'll just keep reading while you recover from that. Yeah. Um, I have a sinus so, infection. Okay, that's not an excuse for it, but it's fine. Just take that one, right. and we'll we'll move on. Um. So the crowd seemed to be waiting for something. He thought um, the basin being circular and the room he observed he was observing square. Harry could not make out what was going on in the corners of it. He leaned even closer, tilting his head and trying to see. And then the tip of his nose touched the strange substance into which he was staring. Um, because, like, Harry, like, Can I, I just do my best Snape right now? My, or my best Alan Rickman mm-hmm. as Snape? Mm-hmm. Obviously. <laughs> because, obviously. My dude is literally sticking his nose in places where it doesn't belong. Isn't that a thing that Snape, like... Complains about daily, and now it's literally happening. Like not even figuratively. It's not even a figure of speech right now. Like he's literally doing a thing that, like, literally. Why don't you? How about you? Don't prove your enemies right. Like, why would you do that, Harry? Ain't a Ravenclaw. Like, fam. I just. He has proven time and time again. Dude. He is who he is. Nosy. Just arrogantly tipping your nose into foreign substances. Like, who does that? Crackheads do that. Okay, let me stop. I'm sorry. I got too far. Too far. Let's, let's bring it back. <laughs> I'm the one supposed to be sitting in my home in my silence. We I know and you haven't been this entire corner. time. I'm going to record the podcast if we both sit in the corner. Um, I don't know, somehow, like, the chat has to magically become... Take over. Like, you can... Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so Dumbledore's office gave an almighty lurch. Harry was thrown forward and pitched head first into the substance inside the basin. Um, but his head did not hit the stone bottom. He Like, at this... Sorry, never mind. He was falling through some icy, something icy cold and black. It was like being sucked into a dark whirlpool. Um, and suddenly Harry found himself sitting on a bench <clears throat> at the end of the room inside the basin. Um, a bench raised high above the others. He looked at the high stone ceiling, expecting to see a circular window through which he had just been staring. But there was nothing but dark, solid stone. Um, so not none of the... Witches and wizards seemed to notice that a 14-year-old boy had just dropped from the ceiling into their midst. Um, 
which, you know, again, like it's very similar to, um, or it's pretty much the same thing as the diary, which I do think that that's really cool that like, it's, it's the same magic, but like in a different medium or like similar magic because the, the diary was also a horcrux, but like the fact that the memories like look the same and it's more or less the same kind of like sensation, um, was like good world building on their part. Um, okay. So where did I, oh, okay. So Harry turned to the wizard next to him and uttered a loud cry of surprise that reverberated around the silent room. He was sitting right next to Albus Dumbledore. Professor, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I was just looking at the basin in your cabinet. I, where are we? So dumb. <laughs> like, but Dumbledore didn't, yeah, just dude. Um, but Dumbledore didn't move or speak. He ignored Harry completely. Harry gazed nonplussed at Dumbledore, then around at the silent, watchful crowd, then back at Dumbledore, and then it dawned on him. Um, so this is when Harry kind of remembers about the diary and how, like, he realizes that he's in someone's memory. Um, and one of the reasons, one of the things that, like, kind of helps him realize this for sure and, like, confirm it is that, uh, Dumbledore wouldn't ignore him like that. He was inside a memory and this was not the president, present day Dumbledore, yet it couldn't have been long ago. Um, so the fact that he's just like, yeah, Dumbledore wouldn't, um, ignore him, which, haha, joke's on you, but, um, <laughs> Right now, all the evidence points to Dumbledore wouldn't ignore Which him. Which is like also, that. though, I was thinking, like, totally privilege and, like, Dumbledore wouldn't ignore me. Like, totally chosen one privilege. Um, <laughs> but also, true. I mean, like, yeah, I think that at this point, it's definitely true. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, so it wasn't that long ago. Dumbledore was sitting, um, the Dumbledore was sitting next to him, or that was sitting next to him, um, had silver hair, just as the present day Dumbledore. Um, what? Portia. If, if Harry doesn't take his unruly hair and stay out of Dumbledore's ancient business. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love this chat. I love y'all. Like, all of this, like, I actually really like this chapter a lot. Uh, because we get a lot of really interesting things about characters, but Harry is not one of those right. things. Like, dude, mind your damn business and, like, stay in your lane. Stop and that's swerving. it. You should still be sitting in Dumbledore's office. Stop Here, swerving. Stay in your lane. Stop swerving. Stop swerving. Yeah. He, he's never heard no. that song. Um... So before Harry could reach any conclusions about the place in which they were, he heard footsteps. The door in the corner of the dungeon opened and three people entered. Um, or really, it was one man flanked by two Dementors. Um, and then Harry's insides went cold, which was more, you know, from the, mem- the memory of the Dementors and not them actually yeah, like they're... reaching him through the... Yeah, because they're a memory. Yeah, because they they're memories of... Yeah. But yes. Yeah. They're not, they're not real, but that doesn't mean they're not triggering. Um, <clears throat> Harry looked down at the man sitting in the chair, or now sitting in the chair, and saw that it was Karkaroff. Unlike Dumbledore, he looked much younger. His hair and goatee were black. He was not dressed in sleek furs, but in thin and ragged robes. Um, which is really funny, right? So, like, this is one of the ways to kind of show, like, how old Dumbledore is because this wasn't that long ago. We find out this is what, like 15 years ago or something. And like, 
Harry seeing Karkaroff now, he's like gray haired and like older. No, it's not 15 years ago because Harry's 15 right now, right? 14. Um, so it has to be like eight or something years because you're this right is after the fall of Voldemort, but Karkaroff mm-hmm. has been. So it's I mean, not it's eight. Like I think it's maybe 13. You're right. 12 or 13, maybe. Yeah. So like. Dumbledore looks the same, but other people age. And, like, also, I mean, I will also put in, like, Karkaroff has been in Azkaban as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So that also ages, would age him. But, like, still, Dumbledore is old as fuck to the point where, like, a couple more years ain't gonna do nothing. Yeah, he's just, that's just what he is. He just old. Um, He just dusty. What is the difference between 98 and 108? Right. Like, honestly, think about that. The difference between 38 and 48 is very visible. But 98 and 108? Dust. <laughs> dust just dust. Is dusty? Oh, God. Okay. Igor Karkaroff said a curt voice to Harry's left. It was Mr. Crouch standing up in the middle of the bench beside him. Um, you've been brought... Senior. You've been brought from Azkaban to present evidence to the Ministry of Magic. You have given us um, to understand that you have important information for us. Um, Karkaroff straightened himself tight uh, as best he could. I have, sir. I wish to be of use to the ministry. I wish to help. I I know that the ministry is trying to to round up the last of the Dark Lord's supporters, and I'm eager to assist in any way I can, because he's a snitch ass motherfucker, and snitches get stitches, snitches. as you will learn. Snitches get stitches. They don't catch snitches on Quidditch. I mean... <laughs> what? 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 Oh, sorry, now I'm like, really? It's finally sunk in? <laughs> what? You tell me. Oh my god. You tell me. I'm okay. Hungry. I mean, yeah. I think that, like, and it's one of those things, right, where, like, I'm not really mad at Karkaroff telling Voldemort's secrets. I'm more just, like, irritated that. Like, he's clearly one of, he's, he's very, I think we might have said this, like, he's very Peter Pettigrew, like, he's very much, like, I'm looking out for my own self-interest, um, and so, this isn't really about, like, doing good, it's about saving himself and getting out of Azkaban, um, despite all the things that he did. Yeah, he's not repentive at all. Mm -mm, Repent. Repent. Repentant. Yeah. Yeah. I would also say that the effects of the Dementors, like, we can't discount that because you don't want to feel bad for Nazis but like, like nobody not even a Nazi deserves I mean literally no one deserves a Dementor like the Dementor should not be there Azkaban should have been shut down years ago, years ago. at this point so yes because <laughs> like if y'all need some convincing go on Pottermore and look up the history of Azkaban and you will also understand that that shit should never have been opened in the first place. Never. Like who decided? Okay. I mean we know who decided. But like anyway, um so there was a murmur around the benches. Some of the wiz- wizards and witches were surveying Karkaroff with interest, others with pronounced mistrust. Um Harry heard quite distinctly from Dumbledore's other side a familiar growling voice saying filth. Um Harry leaned forward so he could see past Dumbledore. The real Mad-Eye Moody Mac voice um, was sitting there. Um, the real one. Um, accepted that there was a very noticeable dif- difference in his appearance. He did not have his magical eye, but two normal ones. And both were looking on Karkaroff with uh, narrowed and intense dislike. 
Um, Crouch is going to let him out. Moody breathed quietly to Dumbledore. He's done a deal with him. Took me six months to track him down and Crouch is going to let him go if he's got enough new names. Let's hear his information, I say, and throw him straight back to the Dementors. Dumbledore made a... Yeah. Dumbledore made a small noise of dissent. Portia, we do not talk about the framework! Ah! Why did team rule? Oh, God. No, well, Dumbledore, Dum- Dumbledore, he made a small noise of dissent through his long crooked nose. Ah, I was forgetting. You don't like the Dementors, do you, Albus? Said Moody with a sardonic smile. No, said Dumbledore. I'm afraid I don't. I, um, I've long felt the Ministry is wrong to ally itself with such creatures, which is... Oh, okay. I was trying to figure out what my note said. Um, which is true. Um, also, like, Dementors are cruel and unusual punishment, yo. Like, that's just, like... I mean, well, can we talk about all of the ways though? Because it's also cruel. Like, um, what's it called? Solitary confinement is really it's cruel and unusual punishment mm-hmm. without magic. And then you have solitary confinement and dementors because they're all in like separate cells and they don't get to like they don't have like yard time. <laughs> they right. Don't, you right. Know like most mean? of them don't even know the other ones are there. Right. It's just them in, like, these little tiny cells with misery. And I um, I really like this chapter for the criminal justice aspect of it, too, which is, like, you can hold both things. Um, like, both things are not, they're not mutually exclusive, I guess I should say, which is that Dumbledore doesn't think that Karkaroff should be let go by any means, but he also doesn't think anyone deserves a Dementor. Mm-hmm. Which I agree with. And also, we do not speak of the framework. <laughs> but for filth like this, said Moody softly, you say you have names, Karkaroff, said Mr. Crouch. Um, so real quick, real like we were saying, like just to com- com- come back to that, like Moody is one of those people who's just like, this bruh is... Like, all he's done all these terrible things, like, he deserves it. So, obviously, like, you can even see just within magical society that there are, like, differing views on, like, the use of Dementors in Azkaban. Um, and I also know that, like, part of Dumbledore's, like, quarry with Dementors is that, like, they're inherently dark creatures. And so that's, like, one of the things where he's, like, the Dementors are going to go flock to Voldemort as soon as they, um, like, get the chance. And so that's part of the reason why he's like, nah, don't trust the Dementors. Um, and, I don't, and I don't think anyone else is as like far seeing as he is in that regard. Um, but then also just generally like the ethics of using Dementors as um, prison guards. Like clearly there's some people who are just like, oh yeah, well some people deserve it. Yeah, yeah it's also the difference between vengeance and rehabilitation. Like mm-hmm. why you think why you think people should be, should they be in prison because they did something wrong and they need punish? Like, it's the filch, I want to see some punishment versus, like, is it for you or is it for them? Right? So, like, rehabilitation and punishment to a certain extent can be good so that you learn a lesson, but then they've already passed that and it's just straight, vengeance and uh what's it called revenge Revenge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um which is another show that fought i know that was abc that time we started off great thank you portia and then researcher 
of. Sorry, I went into television. That's what I was saying too. The revenge was from the revenge. Television. Yeah, revenge is such a revenge. disappointing show. Good first it's, season. It's though. ABC's Sleepy Hollow, but like Sleepy <laughs> Hollow is worse. Um, okay. Anyway, you say you have names for us, Karkaroff said, Mister Crouch. Let's hear them. You must understand that he who must not be named operated always in the greatest of secrecy. He preferred that we, I mean that's—I mean to say his supporters, and I regret now very deeply that I ever uh, counted myself among them. Get on with it, sneered Moody. Um, we never knew the names of every one of our fellows. He alone knew exactly who we all were, um, which was a wise move, wasn't it? As it prevented someone like you, Karkaroff, from turning them, from turning them all in, murdered, uh, muttered Moody. Um... Yet you say you have some names for us, said Mr. Crouch. I, I do. And these were important supporters, Mark you. People I saw with my own eyes doing, the bit, doing his bidding. I give this information as a sign that I fully and totally renounce him and I am filled with remorse so deep I can barely... These names are... There was Antonin Dolohov, um, he said. I saw him torture countless muggles and non-supporters of, doc, of the Dark Lord um, and helped him do it, muttered, murmured Moody. There's a lot of alliteration with Moody. Um, we've already apprehended Dolohov. He was caught shortly after yourself. Um, I just... Nope, never mind. Not gonna do it. Instead, I'll talk about how Voldemort is um, smart, like Moody said, to, like, keep, like, his supporters from knowing all. And I think we were talking about it before, too, like, how some people don't realize that Snape was a Death Eater, and it's like, how? But then it's because, like... One, a lot of them operated under hoods, like other people we know. Um, and yeah, so I think that just like his being <laughs> secretive makes a lot of sense. And then also kind of shows how some people were able to kind of like slip back into like the everyday life um, once Voldemort yeah. dipped. So it's kind of like worked to his um, advantage and also his disadvantage at the same time because there are people who were able to just like abandon him because they're like, don't nobody know in my circles that I'm a Death Eater, so I could just renounce Lord Voldemort and all his works. And Well, I mean, it also, I would say it mostly works to his advantage, though, because then he, when he does come back to power, he already has people that are not, that, that slip back into society that were never in Azkaban, and so he's able to have supporters immediately uh, return and then help. Break, I mean, well, they once they get the dementors on their side, they all break out of Azkaban because Dumbledore. You tried to tell Jaw. So Dolohoff is is in Azkaban, indeed," said Karkaroff. "I I am delighted to hear it, um, but he didn't look it because he could tell. Like, damn, one down. That's not gonna help me get out. Um, any others? Why? Yes, there was Rossier, Evan Rossier, or uh, what? Is it French or is it like Rosier? Rossier, Rosier, Rosier, whatever the fuck, whoever his, he is, we he dead. So he dead. Oh well, he was. Mm-hmm. Um, preferred to fight rather than come quietly, and was killed in the struggle. Took a bit of me with him, though. Whispered Moody, um, and that was where his—that's how his nose lost a piece of it. Um, no more than he deserved," said Karkaroff, a real note of panic in his voice. Any more? Yes. There was Travers. He helped murder the McKinnons. Mulciber. He specialized in the Imperious Curse, forced countless people to do horrific things. Rookwood, who was a spy, and passed he who must not be named useful information from inside the ministry itself. Harry could tell that this time Karkaroff had struck gold. 
The watching crowd was all murmuring together. Rookwood, said Mr. Crouch. Augustus Rookwood of the Department of Mysteries? Aha. Um, the very same, said Karkaroff. I believe he used a network of well-placed wizards, both inside the ministry and out to collect information. But Travers and, Mos- and Mulsabur we have, said Mr. Crouch. Oh, I also, just real quick, Mulsabur was one of Snape's friends um, back in school. So, there's that. Which one? Mulsabur. Oh. Um, yep, ex- exactly. Um, very, hold up, very well, Karkaroff. Is that... If that's all, you will be returned to Azkaban while we decide. Not yet. Wait, I have more. Snape, he shouted. Severus Snape. Snape has been cleared by this council. He has been vouched for by Albus Dumbledore. No, I assure you, Severus Snape is a Death Eater. Dumbledore got to his feet. I've given evidence already on this matter. Severus Snape was indeed a Death Eater. He, however, rejoined our side before Lord Voldemort's downfall and turned spy for us at great personal risk. He is now no more a Death Eater than I am. Um, very well, Karkaroff. You have been of assistance. I shall review your case. You will return to Azkaban in the meantime. Um, and then I want to point one thing out, though. Yep. Harry looked at Mad-Eye Moody, and Moody was wearing a look of deep skepticism behind Dumbledore's back, mm-hmm. which unfortunately plays into Barty Crouch Jr.'s hands and allows Harry to still believe him because they have that shared Snape hate. Mm-hmm. Great personal risk, huh? That's interesting. Yeah. Great personal risk. I mean, I guess he was risking Which is life, not untrue. Which is personal. Yeah, but it's also, just... Uh, Portia asked, how much could wizards in the Department of Mystery get away with in the name of being mysterious? And I think one thing about the Rookwood that a case that I'd like to hear more about is like, and as someone who watches an insane amount of Law and Order, is like he said he had a network of spies and um, people inside inside the ministry and out to collect information. Um, I feel like I would want to know who those people were, and um, it seems like a very good place to be inside of the the ministry to be in the department of mysteries is to be able to like trade in secrets. And I mean, you're basically a spy. Mm -hmm. So now you just double spy. Yeah. I think we should have a department of mysteries, uh, story. So then, so this is, so the the memory changed. Um, and so now there's a new one. Uh, he's back in the dungeon. The atmosphere was quite different, relaxed, even cheerful. Um, the witches and wizards all around the walls were talking to one another, almost as though they were at some sort of sporting event. Harry noticed um, Rita Skeeter um, and then yeah. saw Dumbledore again, this time wearing different robes. Mr. Crouch looked more tired and somehow fiercer, gaunter. Um, this was a different memory, a different day, and a different trial. The door to the um, opened and Ludo Bagman walked in. This was not a Ludo Bagman gone to seed, but a Ludo Bagman who was clearly at the height of his Quidditch playing fitness, his nose wasn't broken. He was tall and lean and muscular. Um, he looked nervous as he sat down in the chain chair, but it did not bind him as though it, as it had bound Karkaroff. Um, and Bagman, perhaps taking heart of this, glanced around at the watching crowd, waved a, at a couple at them, and managed a small smile. Ludo Bagman, you have been brought here in front of the Council of Magical Law to answer charges relating to the activities of the Death Eaters, uh, said Mr. Crouch. 
We have heard the evidence against you and are about to reach our verdict. Do you have anything to add to your testimony before we pronounce judgment? Um, Harry couldn't believe his ears. Ludo Bagman, a death eater? Only, said Bagman, smiling awkwardly. Well, I know I've been a bit of an idiot. Um, one or two of the wizards and witches in the surrounding seats smiled indulgently. You have never spoke a truer word, boy, said uh, Moody again. If I didn't know he's always been this dim, this dim, I'd have thought some of those bludgers had permanently affected his brain. Ludovic Bagman, you were caught passing information to Lord Voldemort's supporters. For this, I suggest a term of imprisonment in Azkaban lasting no less than. Um, but there was an angry outcry from the surrounding benches, um, which... So there's a couple things here. Well, okay, no, I'll, we'll wait till the, till I go through. But one thing is like, they just throw everybody in Azkaban for anything. Right. There's no, let's say that there's no like county jail. No, there's just Azkaban, which is like really, um, deep. Like someone like Mundungus Fletcher, who's like a petty thief, goes to Azkaban for stealing like, and is in a cell. Maybe there's, there's like, level, so he's in a, like, cell further away from the bulk of the Dementors, but we all know they can't control the Dementors, right? So there's just, like... There's right, they, no, just, they just feed on the like, souls. That's what they're there for. They're, right. they're not really there to guard. They're there to feed on souls. So... Right. Stole... I shoplifted. <laughs> and now I'm in Askman. Askman. Even for a week, it's a, it's a lot... It's, <laughs> it's cruel and unusual for it's sure. just it, yeah okay i just wanted to say that i think it's interesting too because we know that ludo is like a quidditch star that kind of star treatment that he's getting even from just like he's able to like walk in and smile at people and they're having obvious reactions to his celebrity and that's kind of what fame and fortune help you get away with that Karkaroff didn't really have right Okay, so, but there was an angry outcry from the surrounding bitches. Um, several of the witches and wizards around the wall stood up, shaking their heads and even their fists at Mr. Crouch. But I've told you I had no idea, said Bagman. None at all. Old Rookwood was a friend of my dad's. Never crossed my mind he was with you-know-who. I thought I was collecting information for our side, and Rookwood kept talking about getting me a ministry job later on, once my quit days are over, you know? I mean, I can't keep getting hit by bludgers for the rest of my life, can I? Um, it will be put to a vote, a vote, said Mr. Crouch coldly. The jury will please rise, sorry, will please raise their hands. Those in favor of imprisonment, not one person raised their hand. Um, one which on the jury stood up. Yes, barked Crouch. We'd just like to congratulate Mr. Bagman on his splendid performance for England in the Quidditch match against Turkey last Saturday. Um, Mr. Crouch looked furious. Despicable, Mr. Crouch spat at Dumbledore while Bagman, like, walked free. Um, Rookwood, get him a job indeed. The day Ludo Bagman joins us will be a sad day indeed for the ministry. Ha 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 mm-hmm. Also, this is definitely, like, while I don't think Ludo Bagman in any way is a Death Eater, um, and I don't really think that he should have been punished in this way, like, this does kind of, there's a difference between just, like, being like, nah, you, you were just being stupid and, like, fine, you can walk off or even if you got like a small punishment but again we just realized like all punishments are Azkaban so that wouldn't work right. um well, so really either get off or Azkaban right a fine maybe like I feel like he should have had some kind of punishment because he did do damage um but like in this way he goes Quidditch world like he should be banned from playing for England right, right. or like, like suspended for a couple um, games or something 
Like not even that. Like banned. Like banned. You can no longer. You cannot represent England after you've been passing information back to Voldemort for basically a bribe. Like he's been. He was. He was bribing his way into the ministry. Right. Kind of. And I mean, kind, I mean, kind, I don't know that it was that deep. It was but quid like, pro quo. I like, do, you give me this and I'll get you a job. Right. It's, and I do think that, like, yeah, I do think there definitely should be some kind of consequence. But we see here because he's, like, this international Quidditch champion, right? Like, he's the, a big deal. They congratulate him in his hearing about, like, his game, like, the last game he did. So they're, like, they had no intention trash. of punishing him. And that's trash, right? It's, like people in sports being able to walk free for like shit that's really serious um just because they provide entertainment for people um and yeah, yeah. one of the bullshit. few times i agree with barty crouch senior right and then this is when we get the real tea so there's a new a new uh new day new memory i so, always found this really weird how the memories fade in and out but make this coherent story. And I'd like to see that magic. Because I think that there's well, something in that magic of like, all of these are connected, so he's putting them in the pin together or something. Well, he, I think Dumbledore, what Dumbledore is doing is, and that's what I want to talk about once we get back out, but like, I think what he's, Dumbledore is okay. doing is he's examining everyone who's like, right? Because he clearly sees that Voldemort is coming back. Like some, Voldemort's mm-hmm. coming back. That's happening. He sees the signs. Um, and... He's kind of yeah. You did that at you did that in Tarbis this week too. Just so you know. Well, you gotta stop saying that seeing signs. But it's a thing that he did. Okay. So anyway, he sees that some shit's about to go down in the club in the trap. Anywhere you meet me, guaranteed to go down. Can we change change? Cool. Okay. Um, he. Oh, I know that song. It's guaranteed to go down. Any British bitch is going down. Sorry, keep going. I'm done. All right, so you you asked me. He, to, you I was trying to move to remember that song. you. I wasn't. I was trying to move, move you bitch. on because I thought you way. wouldn't know. Okay, now way. you're just. Get out. Can I talk about Dumbledore and and the things that he is? Yes, because I'm very hungry right now. Okay, and so and whose fault is that? So, but what Dumbledore is doing, I think, is that he's like. He's realizing that a lot of things that are happening right now have happened in the past. And I think what he's also doing is trying to figure out, like, something around these people who are around, right? Because each one of these people are people who are, like, around. So it's Karkaroff, Ludo, um, and then also Mr. Crouch, really. I don't even think he's really looking for... I don't even think he's really looking for his son. I think he's, like, trying to examine all of these people um, that are really around and... I think one of the big ones is Mr. Crouch, though, because we're actually seeing, like, how he interacts with, um, like, how he interacts and how he, like, led Well, he's trying to see, because we saw, he heard uh, Harry saying, Crouch really needed to talk to you. He kept saying that he made a big mistake. He kept saying, um, you know, like, he did whatever. And so it does make sense that he's going and re-examining, like, Crouch, his memories of Crouch, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that he's, like, I forget what else Crouch said, but it's something like he's at Hogwarts, or he's, or so, something, um, he's at Hogwarts as prisoner of Azkaban. but it was something that made, that 
clicks in Dumbledore's head, like, okay, whatever mistake Crouch made is important to what's going on here now. And so that's what he's trying to do. And maybe he does suspect Carcroft a little bit, and Ludo Bagman is acting shady, so you don't know exactly what shade it is, but... He and Dumbledore were still sitting beside Mr. Crouch, but the atmosphere could not have been in, been more different. There was total silence, broken only by the dry sobs of a frail, wispy-looking witch in the seat next to Mr. Crouch. Um, she was clutching a handkerchief to her mouth with trembling hands. Uh, bring them in, said Crouch. Uh, oh, he looked even gaunter and grayer than before, and a nerve was twitching in his temple. Uh, so the door opened again, and six Dementors entered, flanking a group of four people. The Dementors placed each of the four people in the four chairs with chained arms. Um, there was a thick-set man who stared br- blankly up at Crouch, a thinner and more nervous-looking man whose eyes were darting around the crowd, a woman with thick, shining dark hair and heavily hooded eyes who was sitting in the chain chair as though it were a throne, and a boy in his late teens who looked nothing short of petrified. He was shivering, his straw-colored hair um, all over his face, his freckled skin milk-white, the wispy witch beside Crouch began to rack backward and forward in her seat, whimpering into her handkerchief. Um, so Crouch stood up. You have been brought here before the Council of Magical Law so that we may pass judgment on you for a crime so heinous. Father, said the boy with the, uh, straw, with the straw-colored hair, Father, please, that we have rarely heard the like within this court. Um, we have heard the evidence against you. The four of you stand accused of capturing an R, Frank Longbottom, and subjecting him to the Cruciatus Curse, believing him to have knowledge of the present whereabouts of your exiled master, exiled master, he who must not be named. Father, I didn't. I didn't. I swear it. Father, don't send me back to the Dementors. You are further accused of using a Cruciatus Curse on Frank Longbottom's wife when he would not give you the information. You plan to restore he who must not be named to power and to resume the lives of the violence you presumably led while he was strong. I now ask the jury... Mother, screamed the boy below, and the wispy witch beside Crouch began to sob, rocking backward and forward. Mother, stop him. Mother, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. And now ask the jury, shouted Mr. Crouch, to raise their hands if they believe, as I do, that these crimes deserve a life sentence in Azkaban. Um, In unison, the witches and wizards along the right uh, hand side of the dungeon raised their hands. Um, No, mother, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't know. Don't send me there. Don't let him. The mentors come back. The boy's three companions rose quietly from their seats. Um, the woman with the heavy-loaded eyes looked up at Crouch and called, The Dark Lord will rise again, Crouch. Throw us into Azkaban. We will wait. He will rise again and will come for us. He will, res- he will reward us beyond any of his other supporters. We alone were faithful. We alone tried to find him. Um, the boy was trying to fight off the Dementors. I am your son, he screams at Crouch. I am your son. You are no son of mine, bellowed Crouch. I have no son. Um, and then the wispy witch faints. Take Man, take them away, Crouch roared. Take them away and may they rot there. Father, father, I wasn't involved. No, no, father, please. Um, so I, that is a, there's a lot happening. Um, I will say that I don't, I, I like this version better than, and I love David Tennant. Like I see y'all talking about it in the uh, in the chat. Y'all know how I feel about David Tennant, but I like this I like this better than than the than the tongue flicking and like the not being. You know what I mean? Because I think this makes it more well, complicated. They didn't introduce Bellatrix or her husband 
in the movies either. Which, which they should have. They should have. Much better. They um, should have, but they, I do they think... They mentioned her name. I guess they didn't. They hadn't cast her yet, but... Yeah, and I think ca- they had to change casting, like, real last minute, too, at some point, too, so... But, yeah, no, I mean, I think, for me, like, in this part, like, I... I like Barty Crouch being, like, Barty Crouch Jr., like, acting in this particular way um, mm-hmm. because it makes things a little more gray, right? Like, is he faking or is he just trying to garner sympathy? Because then then I wonder more about, like, what is, like, what was the home life like, right? Like, in my head, this, this witch is probably much more like Petunia is to Dudley, right? Like, she dotes on him and, like, anything he wants, that's what he gets. And I'm sure, like... Barty Crouch Sr. is very much, like, it seems like he has a really high standards for his son, but he's also always at work, and he's super ambitious, and he's doing all these things, but he probably has really high expectations, but also probably doesn't, like, hold his son accountable for things, and so I think that, like, Junior right now is trying to, like, appeal to that, and is like, dude, you can just let me, you know, like, you know frat boys, when they do fucked up shit, and then they expect that they're just gonna get off? Like, yeah. that's what I think, that's how I feel, like, Barty Crouch Jr. is acting in this moment, right? Like, he's really, like, it's not that he didn't do it, it's that he knows that if he, like, plays it up, that he's, like, terrified, or just a boy, and all these kind of things, that they're gonna let him off. And it doesn't work, um, but I think that's kind of, like, the angle that he's trying to play at in this moment. I don't know if that makes sense. I think that does make sense. I think one of the things, though, is that Amani says, you know... As much as he talks about being a loyal Death Eater, it's funny to hear him deny it in court and then bring it up to Karkaroff. Um, That's true. You know, but I think it both things might be true. Like, I think that being in Azkaban for that long, even if it was just a year or whatever, but also being in prison for that long, really solidified his allegiance to Voldemort. I think maybe he's more committed to him now than mm-hmm. he was before because if Voldemort gets back into power, then he's free. And also he starts to see, right. because of his, like, because of his captivity, he starts to get more, more radicalized, but also looking at, you know, these, these muggles and, um, and mudbloods and muggleborns come in and, and be able to be in the wizarding world and he's stuck in captivity and knowing that mm-hmm. his only escape now is for Voldemort to come back. So I think both of those things can be true at the right. same time. Like, right after he, he's begging for his life and he's truly denying Voldemort because he's self-preservation, but then by the point that he takes on this task, he's fully radicalized and completely loyal. Mm-hmm. And then also, shout out to Bellatrix for being like, From yeah, and what? Chris Brown was wrong. Like, Those hoes are we, very loyal. We alone. Right? She's like, we alone were faithful. We alone tried to find him. She's like, yo, he's coming back. And when he, he does, me. like, I'm about to be. <laughs> oh, I'm going to give birth to the magical Osprey, offspring, Osprey. Did she say Osprey? No, that's not what it was. But Whatever. <laughs> I like that better. Um, it's definitely not what that was. <laughs> God. Okay. But then that also kind of shows us like a, like we also get the, through this, we also get the like fanaticism, right? Because 
so far in terms of Death Eaters and like supporters of Voldemort that we've gotten, we've gotten like ones that are, we got Pettigrew who's just scared. We've got Lucius who is like, he believes in the shit, but he's real undercover with it because he's self-preserving. We got Karkaroff who's like, fuck it. We're just, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to sell all you out. We got, we got um, Barty Crouch Jr. who at this moment is like, act is like freaking out. And then we got Beltrix who was like, nah, I did it. I don't regret it. Like I believe in all, I stand by all the shit I did for him. Um, and so, you know what I mean? I think it's the first person who we see who's like really proudly standing in that Nazism. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's just interesting because like we hear about it, but we haven't actually like seen it in the book until like this. Yeah. Moment. And I also think that like, she's not only proud of it, a fanatic, but she is also taunting them because she is, is certain that he's coming back. Which is, mm-hmm. and maybe that's a part of, like, her obsessive fanaticism or whatever, but that being um, so certain that he's going to rise again is, is, is it's interesting because we haven't, no one has been, I mean, maybe Dumbledore on the opposite side, but beyond that, no one has been, like, mm-hmm. so sure that he's coming back. Right. And then Portia brings up how quiet her husband is. And, like, what's up with him? Which is a good question. Like, you never really hear about the Lestranges. Like, you you don't, like, she married into that family. That's not even her maiden name. But, like, you hear Lestrange, you think of her. Like, who's the other two? What's their names again? I don't even know. They don't even say nothing. Like, they don't do Mm -hmm. nothing. Well, there's the one from Fantastic Beasts. Which is hilarious. Her story. Zoe Kravitz? Zoe Kravitz, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Okay, I think, Harry, it is time to return to my office. Like, oh, this Boop. is a moment where Harry should have gotten some, I mean, you know, not Azkaban as we've talked. But a fine. Like, some Detention. points. How do you go from Dumbledore? I mean, sorry. How do you go from Hogwarts where like you get, you get like points taken away, detention, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden you get it out of, out of school. All of a sudden you do anything and you're in Azkaban. What? That is not comparable at all. I think that they have to have a very elaborate fine system. System of fines and tickets and stuff. I hope so. Right, that's true. Because with the Ford Anglia, um, they got fined, yeah. right? So there's like the misdemeanor. Okay. Yeah, and then, I, but would, the, I would hope so. Um, there's the misdemeanor, but then there's just like the straight up whatever. I don't know. I'm not, my brain doesn't work anymore. Okay, so Dumbledore was sitting to his right and to his left. Um, Comes a Dumbledore. (laughs) Clone club. Um, So (laughs) Dumbledore takes him out of the Pensieve um, and they're back in the office. Professor Harry gasped. I know I shouldn't have. I didn't mean. The cabinet door was sort of open and... No, Harry, none of these are excuses. The lies, the lies, the lies. As somebody who's watched a lot of Real Housewives. Deception. Cod's wallop. Yeah. Um... Balderdash. Loads of um, I quite understand, said Dumbledore, because he's Dumbledore and he's like, whatever, you're in my memories. Gross, you know. Such an invasion of privacy. Violation of privacy. But I it's understand. Like but I understand. And then it's there's fine. jumping into someone else's memory. It- <laughs> like, that is a. That is a leap. That is a leap. It really is. That's actually like really. Re- that, damn. Damn. All right. Um, 
What is it? Said Harry shakily. This, it is called a pensieve, said Dumbledore. I sometimes find, as I, and I'm sure you know the feeling, that I simply have too many thoughts and memories crammed into my mind. Uh, said Harry, who couldn't truthfully say he had ever felt anything of the sort. Yeah. It's because he's not a Ravenclaw. Um, at these times, said Dumbledore, I use the pensieve. One simply siphons the excess thoughts from one's mind, pours them into the basin, and examines them at one le- at one's leisure. It becomes easier to spot patterns and links. You understand when they um, when they are in this form. You mean that stuffs your thoughts? Harry said. Certainly, said Dumbledore. Let me show you. Which is like, man, this is like such peak Dumbledore and like peak. You're the chosen one, so. I'm also going to enable you to be in things that aren't your business, like he did in Sorcerer's Stone. Right. Um, so this is why Harry never learns his lessons. Dumbledore drew his wand outside, uh, sorry, drew his wand and placed the tip into his own silvery hair near his temple. Then he took the wand away and hair seemed to be clinging to it. But then Harry saw that it was in fact a glistening strand of the same strange silvery white substance that filled the pensive. Harry added this fresh thought into the basin um, and Harry, astonished, saw his own face swimming around inside the surface of the bowl. Uh, Dumbledore placed his long hands on either side of the pensive, swirled it rather as a gold prospector uh, would pan the fragments of gold, and Harry saw his own face change smoothly into Snape's, who opened his mouth and spoke to the ceiling. Also, it's like, coming back. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I saw Amani's. How amazing slash terrifying would that be for overthinkers? If I had a pensive... I would never get anything done. I need one so I bad. Get anything done. Like, I've been thinking a lot about really what I need. I need a time turner. I need a little purse with an undetectable extension charm. And I need a pensive. And then I'd be able to rule the world, y'all. Like, y'all don't even know. Like, I need I get a time turner and I need and that witch sharpening potion. But if I get a pensive, like, every social interaction that I have, I would be like, what did I say wrong? What oh, did yeah, I do wrong? Same. How did that happen? <laughs> they hate me, though. They hate me though, and I wouldn't be. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to function. Oh, and that's worse. So you don't need a. I pen-seed. don't need a pensive. I I don't. I would just work it into my organizational skills and be like, "Cool, did that? Take that <laughs> out my brain, and let's no. move on." Like I'd be like, "Okay, today I'm doing this, this, and this. So I need this memory, this one, and this one. All right." Yo, I'd be so efficient. I would be so efficient. See, but that would be that would be how I would start out. I would be like, okay, that's what I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna use it. And then all of a sudden, you'd be like, I ain't seen Robin in a while. What happened? And I'm like, so I went to the coffee shop and I said, can I have a latte? And she was like, okay. And then I was like, yeah. But I didn't say thank you. But I thought I said thank you. And so then I had to go back in my memory and figure out what I said and what I didn't because. The barista hates me now, and I gotta fix it. I don't know how to fix it, and that's how I would actually use it. <laughs> but I okay, sorry. Aww. Oh, I hit my Um, what was I saying? I started. I was, oh, I would like. No, that's not where I was at either. You I was talking, talking about, about um, oh. Dumbledore enabling Harry. Is that where you were? Or were we talking? Yeah, or Harry's yeah. face turning into Snape's. Yes, I just wanted to just wanted to say how unsettling that would be. Smoothly, smoothly. <laughs> it's right. like one of those things when you say something and you're like, "Mama, grandma," you know, you like turned into, <laughs> and you didn't have any control. Somebody over it. else. And you're like, I need mm-hmm. to rethink my all of my choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. Okay. Um, um, okay, it's coming back. Karkaroff's too stronger and clearer than ever. 
um, a connection I could have made without assistance, Dumbledore sighed, but never mind. Which I love that he's like talking to himself, but he's also like, that's not helpful, Snape. Like, leave me alone. But it's your memory, so. To, to, uh, Harry, I'm very clever. I didn't need that. Right. Because I'm clever. I love David Tennant. Um, I was using the pensieve when Mr. Fudge arrived for our meeting and, um, put it away rather hastily. Undoubtedly, I did not fasten the cabinet door properly. Naturally, it would have been, it would have attracted your attention. Naturally. But you know what's not natural? Putting your faith in it. Exactly. Two different things. Two different things. Curiosity is not a sin, but we should exercise caution with our curiosity. Yes, indeed. Curiosity killed the goddamn cat. It did. That cat's dead. Dead. Or at least petrified her. Um, yeah, that's all <laughs> Anyway. Damn. Good job. Um, thoughts. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, keep going. Okay, a figure rose out of it, a plump, scowling witch of about 16 who began to revolve slowly with her feet still in the basin. She took no notice whatsoever of Harry or Dumbledore. When she spoke, her voice echoed as Snape had done. He put a hex on me, Professor Dumbledore, and I was only teasing him. I only said I'd seen him kissing Florence behind the greenhouse last Thursday. But why, Bertha? Why did you have to follow him in the first place? Bertha? Is that... Was that Bertha Jorkins? Yes, that was Bertha as I remember her at school. Um, the silvery light from the pensive illuminated Dumbledore's face, and it struck Harry suddenly how very old he was looking. Not looking. He is. Full stop. How very old he is. Period. Um, he knew, of course, that Dumbledore was getting on in years, but somehow he never really thought of Dumbledore as an old man. Ra is over 100 years old at this point, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. Okay. Okay, just checking. So, Harry, before you got lost in my thoughts, you wanted to tell me something. That's just <laughs> great writing. I love Dumbledore. Just sit I'm sorry. on that for I a just... second. Just sit on that one. Next book, it's going to be a totally different thing where I'm going to just be like, what the fuck, Dumbledore? What's wrong with you, fam? But, like, this book, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> before you got lost in my thoughts, before you jumped your face, you put your face in my thoughts. <laughs> in my thoughts. Oh my God, Harry. Like, you can never live this down, dude. Like, this is like... <laughs> put your face. <laughs> like, Portia said earlier, Portia was like, you don't, you do not, like, you dip a toe in the water. You don't dip your freaking head in the water. <laughs> That's not how that works. My dude put his whole ass face in bro's thoughts. Ugh. I can't. I yes. can't. Um, said Harry, Professor, I was in divination and I fell asleep. Quite understandable, continue the Dumbledore. <laughs> I'm saying, I love Dumbledore. He Quite was like, Brad, get it. Let's go. Yeah, don't even I know who I hired. Which also, don't. I guess, could be a problem because, like, you know you hired her, but still. <laughs> I know. Sometimes you just know some, sometimes you just know some teachers are boring. Like, even if they're good teachers, I wouldn't right. say Trelawney is a good teacher. But sometimes but, like, you just bins. know, like, yeah, that class is boring as fuck. Right. Like, you right. Um, it's not so her fault. A, like, in this situation, it is, but, like, sometimes it's not the teacher's fault. Yeah. And people just gotta um, acknowledge that that subject is boring. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I had a dream, said Harry, a dream about Lord Voldemort. He was torturing Wormtail. You know who Wormtail? I do, said Dumbledore promptly. Continue. Which is another, like, y'all not... Dump, Harry, I know everything. I'm Dumbledore. A connection I could have made without your assistance. <laughs> 
Thank you. Voldemort got a letter from an owl. He said something like Wormtail's blunder had been repaired. He said someone was dead. Then he said Wormtail wouldn't be fed to the snake. There was a snake beside his chair. He said he said he'd be feeding me to it instead. Then he did the Cruciatus curse on Wormtail, and my scar hurt. It woke me up. It hurt so badly. Er, that's all, <laughs> said Harry. <laughs> I see. I see. Now, has your scar hurt at any other time this year, excepting the time it woke you up over the summer? No, I... How did you know it woke me up over the summer? That's how I read it. <laughs> I, I, I tell you woke me up over the summer. You know that? I want you to serious that. Okay. 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 You are not serious as only correspondent. I have also been in contact with him ever since he left Hogwarts last year. It was who, I who suggested the mountainside caves as the safest place for him to stay. Just, all right. Dumbledore's so then, um, he, Dumbledore gets up and wa- and walking up and down behind his desk. He paces, remember that, guys. Um, he placed his wand tip to his temple, removed another shining silver thought, and added to the pensieve. The thoughts inside began to swirl so fast that Harry couldn't make out anything clearly, which you shouldn't because you and someone else's thoughts. That's what I'm saying. Stop not peeking over at the pensieve. Nosy as fuck. The fuck's wrong um, with you, fam? So, one thing I do want to say, though, is, like, it is clear. Like, we, we've heard it from other people and, like, Hagrid mainly, like, how worried Dumbledore is. But this is the first time we get to see it up close. Right. Um, like, Dumbledore's pacing. He's like, I can't even hold all my thoughts in my head. Like, I need this extra outside brain to help me think, like, in process. Um, so, yeah. It's about yeah. to go down, y'all, in case you weren't aware. It's about to go down. Before midnight. Um, yep. So, do you know why my scar's hurting me? Dumbledore looked very intently at Harry for a moment and then said, I have a theory, no more than that. It is my belief that your scar hurts both when Lord Voldemort is near you and when he is feeling a particularly strong surge of hatred. But why? Because you and he are connected by the curse that failed. That is no ordinary scar. So, do you um, think- so real quick... Oh. Sorry, really quickly. So, I know. I know this whole time I've been, like, bigging up Dumbledore and I was juiced about him or whatever, but, like, this is exactly the moment Do you tell Harry? to be having the conversation. This is exact. Like, so we, you know, we've been talking about, like, other moments, like, Chamber of Secrets is too early. Even the last year, it didn't really come up in a way that, like, was organic and wouldn't have made sense, really, and I don't think it would have served any purpose. This is the moment. Like, this is, like, very clearly the, the moment. moment. It's the most, capital T, the, capital M, moment. You know, Rose Tyler sitting up there like, hey, you know what you should do, Dumbledore? Sitting in the corner like, hey, you know what you should do? Possibly tell Harry about the prophecy. Turn left. Turn left. Um, Motherfucker. (laughs) Also, Portia points out. So I just. Who is, who else is Dumbledore hiding in that cave? That he just be, (laughs) I'm suggesting in it. So he hiding other folk in that cave? How he know Probably. about that cave? He's running Probably. the Underground Railroad for house elves, maybe. Maybe he's one of the people who helps him out. In which case, that just added another point to you, Dumbledore. Shout out to you for my is headcanon. That, is that Wizard Team canon? Or is that just your headcanon? We, we oh, I don't know. I don't know. If we all agree, then it's Wizard Team canon. Awesome. Right. But I feel like we have at least one person on the team that would disagree about anything that would shine brightly on Dumbledore. Um, so yeah, so is it possible, 
Or do you think that that dream really did happen? It is possible. I would say probable. Harry, did you see Voldemort? No, just the back of his chair. But there wouldn't have been anything to see, would there? I mean, he hasn't got a body, has he? But then, but how could he have held the wand? How indeed. How indeed. I love Dumbledore. Also, <laughs> feel like he's very Poirot right now. Poirot. 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 Uh, I don't know. Poirot. Okay. Um, Portia meant that Dumbledore was hiding his bay, which also there has I'm to be fanfic out there canon. from that, right? Right. Because the fact that he is just celibate after Grindelwald just pissed, it make it don't make no sense. No, that doesn't make sense. Nope. It don't make no sense. I, I refuse. Uh, reject that. Um, Professor, do you think he's getting stronger? Voldemort said Dumbledore. Um, once again, Harry, I can only give you my suspicions. The years of Voldemort's ascent to power were marked with disappearances. Bertha Jorkins has vanished without a trace in the place where Voldemort was certainly last, was certainly known to be last. Mr. Crouch, too, has disappeared within these very grounds. And there was a third disappearance, one which the Ministry, I regret to say, do not consider of any importance for it concerns a muggle. His name was Frank Bryce. He lived in the village where Voldemort's father grew up. And he has not been seen since last August. You see, I read the Muggle newspapers, unlike most of my ministry friends. That's how he gets um, so real quick and his candy. His that's money. true. Um, the other thing, though, is that, like, this is one of the things, right? Like, the ministry doesn't care about this missing Muggle and doesn't think it's important. But that's the very thing that reinforces the same ideals and the same structures that allow Voldemort to thrive. Like... You're not under. You're not caring and not like understanding that those things are just as important as the missing witches and wizards. And then you're wondering why Voldemort shows up and is like, "We should kill them all." Interesting. Like those things do have like direct correlation. And if you don't show that you value people you... in like real ways and don't see them as human, then like it clearly opens up the gates for them to be murdered. I love you, because I was just about to be like, you mean to tell me that by devaluing human life and placing people as more important than others, it is easy for then people to become, to go to the extreme in that belief. These books are great. Are they great, though? Are we having fun? I don't think so. I'm having a lot of fun. I don't know about you. Carl, you can't ask that about this. (laughs) You You can't ask about Harry Potter. Uh, it's too late for that for that question we're in it uh so also i would like to bring out bring up the point that this is the first time we hear about frank Bryce again since the first chapter so Mm -hmm. like when you're reading this and you're going through like we're doing it so slowly and week by week but like when you're just reading it you may not catch that you have to be like wait huh wait that's what but you're like chapter 30 right that was chapter one um i mean yeah these disappearances oh, the disappearance, to be yeah. linked. The ministry disagrees, as you may have heard while waiting outside of my office. Professor, yes, Harry, um, could I ask you about that, that court thing I was in, in the Pensieve? You could. I attended it many times, but some trials come back to me more clearly than others, particularly now. You know the trial you found me in, the one with Crouch's son? Well, they were, were they talking about Neville's parents? Dumbledore gave Harry a very sharp look. Has Neville never told you why he was brought up by his grandmother harry shook his head wondering as he did so how he could have failed to ask neville this in almost four years of knowing him because you 
is self con or is you self important? Your what's it called? That's not the right word. Self involved. You got an ego, like that one dumbass professor. Mm-hmm. Ugh, don't like it when you mm-hmm. make me. Yes, they were talking about Neville's parents. His father, Frank, was an aura, just like Professor Moody. He and his wife were tortured for information about Voldemort's whereabouts after he lost his powers, as you heard. So they're dead, said Harry. No, they're insane. They're both in St. Mungo's Hospital for magical maladies and injuries. Um, I believe Neville visits them with his grandmother during the holidays. They do not recognize him. Harry sat there horror-struck. I just kind of wish that... um, Dumbledore would have said, no, they're not dead, but you need to ask Neville about the rest that, of it. Yeah. That's I just feel true. like... But I when, also think that, like, like... Not saying that Dumbledore should have told him, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, he should have asked Neville. But, I, I mean, I do think that it's important to, like, be very... I mean, though there is one blinding thing he could be telling Harry right now that he doesn't tell him. But I do think it's important to be pretty frank about this since he's pretty sure that Voldemort's coming back like there like he says you know there are worse things than death and like not everyone died who came up against Voldemort like there are other things but because he knows Neville because he lives with Neville I just feel like that's something that's a conversation that Neville should have been in control of having Hmm. so the Longbottoms were very popular Um, The attacks on them came after Voldemort's fall from power, just when everyone thought they were safe. Those attacks caused a wave of fury such as I have never known. The Ministry was under great pressure to catch those who had done it. Unfortunately, the Longbottom's evidence was, given their condition, none too reliable. Then Mr. Crouch's son might not have have been involved, said Harry slowly. Um, As to that, I have no idea. Also, he totally was involved, so there's that. Um... (laughs) So Harry sat in silence once more, watching the contents of the pensive swirl. There were two questions he was bearing to ask, but they concerned the guilt of living people. Um, er, Mr. Bagman has never been accused of any dark activity since, said Dumbledore calmly. Right, said Harry. And, uh, um, but the pensives seemed to be asking his question for him. Snape's face was swimming on the surface again. Dumbledore glanced down in it and then up at Harry. No more has Professor Snape, um... What made you think he's really stopped supporting Voldemort, Professor? Um, well, funny story, Harry. I, I, to, uh, oh my God, because you're just, you, you set yourself up to be my MVP and then you're tearing it all down. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah. The, the other part of this is, Harry, why would you, why are you so quick to believe that Snape would be a Voldemort supporter? Oh, I don't know, because he's a terrible human being and he shouldn't be teaching children. Oh, really? Hmm. Maybe I should go sit in one of your classes. Maybe. It's possible. Ugh. But nah. That, Dumbledore, is a matter between Professor Snape and myself and your mom. That Harry is a matter between. I know. That's what I said. No, you said And his mom, right? Oh, did I? Whoops. You said that Dumbledore is a matter between Professor Snape and myself. I just wanted to it says Dumbledore above Harry, so yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, that Harry is a matter between Professor Snape and myself and your mother. Um, really, it is about you, Harry, and it's not, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. I don't want to get But then he it. does come anyway. back. He comes back. Harry, please do not speak about Neville's parents to anybody else. He has the right to let people know when he's ready. 
Yes, Professor. And um, Harry looked back. Dumbledore was standing over the pensieve. He stared at Harry for a moment and then said, good luck with third task. Bum, bum, bum! Hmm. Who's your MVP? Fox. Fox, that's smart. Because, no, and it really is because, like, you saw, I, I was really, I wanted to do Dumbledore. Um, right. But then, like, I was, for the, most of the, most of the, most of the chapter, I was like, oh, yeah, Dumbledore is lit. He's, he's my favorite. He's just, he's on one right now. But then, like, he missed an opportunity. Um, and he really should have taken that time to tell Harry of what was going on. Um, and he didn't. Right. And you know it's it's a big mistake and it's like you know he's flawed and all those things but i just meanwhile fox is a motherfucking badass and therefore right i feel like i should change my my mvp you don't have to change i was literally like i can't what do you mean i can't i I didn't say you can't i said you don't have to oh um because i literally (laughs) like vote was thinking about like I was just like the majority of the chapter, three fourths of the chapter. Dumbledore is winning, um, but there is there's no one else in this chapter. Like there's right. That's the other thing. Everyone I mean, else I could sucks. do you I can't... could do the real Mad Eye Moody. Actual. Yeah, Mad-Eye but even Moody. he's like advocating for Azkaban. Azkaban, so. right? Exactly. So it's like, ugh, maybe Barty Crouch's wife. But yeah, so I. Dumbledore is my MVP. Oh, Frank and Alice Longbottom. That's also a good one. Just say Dumbledore. <laughs> Portia made Frank and Alice Longbottom uh, her MVP for surviving for their son and for each other. Which I also say, first you bring up that place that we do not speak of, and then you say these things, and so Portia... Well, in the framework, they're probably alive, so. Next to Keanu, and you go have a seat, too! <laughs> you can't say those words to me! Sorry, The place saying. that must not be named! Trip was alive? Never Trip. mind. Okay, that's cool. Um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they can be so, Trip up in there. Ugh. I mean, I guess, never mind. Let's stop it. Just stop it. So, yes, Dumbledore is my MVP. Frank and Alice Longbottom is our, is our for Porsche's MVP. Amani, Dumbledore. What? 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 Amani made Dumbledore his MVP for effortless shame, standing up against the Dementors and hooking Sirius up with an ill hiding spot. Wow. Never thought, never, never thunk it. Plot twist, man. Plot twist. Plot twist. Amani made Dumbledore his MVP. Mark it down. On this day, it's for <laughs> He says, I told y'all I'm not a hater. I keep it real. <laughs> but you're a little bit of a hater now. A little bit. A little bit. Um, who did you bench? Harry. Same. Same. Mind your business, Same. fam. You literally stuck your nose in someone else's business. Like, in their literally, thoughts. though. Like, you how does like, it feel to be, like, a figurative statement? Like, how does like, it feel to make something figurative literal? <laughs> like, I just... I am... I am confused. Just... Like, a I, penny you, for your thoughts? Nah, that's okay. I'll take a, a crisp hundred. 
I'll all just, all I'll just put my face in it. Put my face in your thoughts. Um, Portia benched Voldemort for causing all of this and being a big old dumb Nazi, which is valid. Uh, Matthew benches Fudge um, and also says that he agrees with Portia's MVP because Matthew also MVPs Alice and Frank Longbottom. And Imani benches Harry. So we've got three benches for Harry, me, Bayana, and Imani, and then a Voldemort bench, which is always valid. Always. And a mm-hmm. fudge bench. So, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, we have a new thing. Wait, wait, wait. We have a new thing. A Shade Award from Miss Head Agent of Shade. Shade Award. Oh. The Real Mad-Eye Moody. And I Bayana. I The Real Mad-Eye because he spilled tea. And then Bayana because you read Harry to filth. I would like to thank... The Academy. First and foremost, <laughs> the Academy. Yes, the Academy of Shade. Um, my mom, you know, without her, I would not be here. Also, happy belated Mother's Day. People don't say that. Whatever. Um, would also like to thank Harry for being a hot mess and allowing me to impart my shade onto him. And, you know, give him an umbrella. He's getting a little sweaty, a little hot. Need, need Wait, a little... do you get the golden umbrella or does Harry get the golden umbrella? I don't, I get the golden umbrella. You I just get the mean, like, golden umbrella. But I just, but you thank I want to thank for him the, for, the, for providing for the me the opportunity to exactly. You know yes, what I'm saying? I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you. You know, there's a wall, <laughs> and there's all the. You know, sorry, I'm trying to get all Viola Davis on you, but I got to write a speech for that. I can't freestyle. Um, can we also just shout out? Can I make Viola Davis my MVP? Because every speech she gives <laughs> no. is just fire. <laughs> No? She's just the MVP of sure? life. Okay, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, next week we will I be discussing know. chapter 31 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the third task, y'all. It's like... It's going down. It's real at this point. Night. Like, there's... Yo. We Ooh. in it. We in this now. No turning back. Third task. Do you know what this reminds me of? Is on um, our Game of Thrones live tweet when we finished uh, season one, and I was like towards the end of season one and I was like this is gonna happen the exact same way and there's nothing that we can say or tweet or do that will change it yep and I'm feeling that right now yep like nothing we do is going to stop like the same thing's gonna happen wow and it's good that we we put in a lot of work and I feel like we put in a lot of work and effort and through our collective like effort we should be able to change it make some different Alas, choices it's not how things work uh, make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real mvp and who is benched for the chapter um if you would like to join the conversation on twitter you can add us at we black and nerds and use the hashtag wizard team and fill out our survey please it make me very happy it's our birthday that's our one wish um you can check out our website at blackgirlscreate.org. No, 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 that's your one wish. My one wish is that you... No, my, re- my real donate. one wish is more black girls, more dragons. Sorry. Okay, well, my one wish is that Just you kidding. donate to help us get to Dublin for LeakyCon so that we can have the most out-of-pocket interview with Alfred Ingenhock that anyone has ever conducted. I think that it will be very professional and calm and... 
informative. I would like to think that too, but we won't know until we get there, will we? Mm-hmm. Okay, so check out our website at blackgirlscreate.org. Uh, follow us on Twitter at we black and nerds. Um, hashtag wizard team. Um, at I'm at Yana underscore Hollows. Robin is at Robin with a Y underscore Ravenclaw. Check out our Facebook page, our Wizard Team Facebook group, Instagram, and Tumblr. We're at blackgirlscreate.org. Um, follow us. Talk to us. We're not shy on live. Be our that friends. That's Slack. Let's, let's introvert together alone in our own separate houses. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. It's a good plan. Introverts unite separately in different spots. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.